Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I don't care about the weather. I can't control the weather. Don't want to talk about the weather. Do we not agree? Sustained effort and violence. It can be a total goat rodeo. Cool, neat story. Was that supposed to be funny? This is why nobody else can get on the sug boat. You know what? We couldn't get on the sug boat. It's a test. What's the point of kissing his ass if we can't get on the sug boat? It's a test. Y'all are haters and non-believers. Sug, sug. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All righty, welcome in to this Free Beer Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio Studios talking to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930 online, PR927FM.com. And you can watch our show and chime in on Facebook Live and on YouTube. If you have a question, comment, concern, you can post it there also on Twitter and be a part of today's program. Coming up on the show today, we will talk to our buddy, former Tulane play-by-play voice, now the radio voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, Todd Graffinini will join us. It'll be ECU and Tulane tomorrow in New Orleans. So we'll talk a little Green Wave basketball. Uh, Todd's in Denver getting ready to call some Nuggets-Pelicans action tonight. So we'll ask him with with the Joker coming up tonight, who are his favorite guys that he's been able to see live this NBA season. Also, his Saints are in a bit of disarray with Sean Payton retiring. Uh, The whole NFC South kind of up in arms right now so we'll talk some football as well all of that coming up later on in about 25 30 minutes or so with todd graffinini tony dunn carolina cat chronicles.com joins us at four o'clock what a week it's been in the nfl we got plenty to talk about there we'll uh, see what's going on in panthers land talk some super bowl and more at four o'clock at five o'clock the voice of dowdy ficklin stadium and amenji's coliseum morgan aylers will join us on the show to talk some pirate hoops uh, we do have some ECU football news to get to. We'll do that with Morgan and uh, have more. And then Mark Greenhelch, uh, host of the Golf Shop Radio Show, which you can hear right here on Pirate Radio 8 to 10 a.m. on Saturdays, will join us in the 5 o'clock hour as well. We've got all that, a free beer Friday giveaway, and more coming up. Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt are here. And joining me in studio to kick off today's show, Second time we've had him on the show, first time in studio, ECU softball coach Shane Winkler joins us today. Coach, I uh, appreciate you coming down to the studio. How you doing? No, great, great. I appreciate you having me. Uh, exciting time of year for us. We get going in about a week, so it's it's been busy. One week away from uh, from getting things underway. So, Coach, how's the, uh, the prep gone? Practice, all that going for you? You know, we had a great fall season, got to play some outside competition, played really well, getting to know the team a little bit, build the culture some, but spring practice has been outstanding. Uh, we had a little blurb there with with some cold weather, but have had a great stretch this this past week or so. Uh, but practice has been has been great. We've gotten to scrimmage a lot. Uh, we see a lot of live pitching. Uh, but again, it's all preparation to, to get us going. But really, been pleased with the way the girls have been working and how everything's been coming together. What's it like coming into a new situation? You can look at stats. You can talk to people that were here last year, so you get some preconceived notions of your players. But you finally get to see them on the field and, and form your own opinion. So, what's that process like? Uh, kind of learning a, a whole new team here. You know, for us, it started in the summer when I, when I first got the job. That very first call with the team. 
uh, letting them know it's a clean slate. Clean slate for everyone. I don't care what your numbers were. I don't care what your role was. Everyone's starting from scratch. Uh, they're going to have to get to know me. It, it doesn't matter what my, my past was to them. Uh, we're going to start building relationships. We're going to give everyone an opportunity. Uh, and the girls were excited about that, uh, especially some that, that didn't get as much time. And we've gotten some surprises from, from those kids. Um, but again, it's, it's starting from scratch with everyone. But for us, it was really building the relationships. I'm really big on culture and, and building an environment, environment. So we wanted to make sure it was a place that the girls enjoyed coming to every day. They, they can have some fun, but that we can really get after it and work hard. And uh, they've, they've bought in since day one, but it's, uh, it, it's been full steam ahead since, since the summer. Uh, with building that culture and get to know everybody. But, uh, again, really pleased with where we're at right now. Shane Winkler joining us, Coach. You, you come in here, you want to win every game. You want to win the conference, go to the tournament, do all that. Uh, when you look at it, does this feel like, you know, you got a rebuilding job? Are there pieces in place for you to win right away? How, how do you feel about that? You know, a l- little bit of all of the above. Uh, and we'll really get to see in a week where we're at. Because uh, we, we've got some experienced players coming back. We brought in uh, a decent amount of transfers. We brought in two transfers uh, in January that have only been here for uh, for about a month now. So uh, we'll, we'll really see the first month of the season where we're at. But, uh, yeah, it's a rebuild when you, when you take over a program that hasn't had a lot of success. But I, I don't want to talk too much rebuild because that's not fair to our seniors. Uh, we want to put them in a position to win right away, and that's that's the mindset that we're having. We're, we're learning how to win and learn how to build as a team and what it takes to be successful inning to inning, pitch to pitch. And So we're focusing on doing what we can to win right now. So you, you've had uh, an off season, and you said you brought in a couple of transfers. Is that kind of the only stamp you've had so far on this roster, this current roster, those players you brought in? Yeah, we, we, we brought in six transfers and uh, had one late addition as a, as a freshman. But, um, but again, it, we, we talked to the girls about, I don't, I don't care who, who brought you in, who recruited you, who you came from, because uh, we, we've got girls from a couple different staffs now that, that brought them here. They're, they're all my girls. Uh, so that they, they learn that right away when we're talking about the relationships and everything. So uh, this entire roster, I feel like, is, is our stamp now on, on how we're building them and how we're developing them and, and, and preparing them for the season. Not to oversimplify, this is from the outside looking in. I'm not an expert, but it seems like if you have good pitching, you're, you're, you've got a pretty good softball team. So let's start there, Coach. Who are you relying on uh, this year pitching-wise? You know, we, we brought in a couple transfers, uh, and then there's a freshman in that had a lot of success in high school. Jordan Hatch is a freshman that has been our most consistent in the fall and, and the spring. So she's going to be thrown into the fire right away. Uh, she'll get to face Power 5 team next weekend, uh, probably for her first outing of her career. But uh, she's, she's done really well, changes speeds extremely well uh, from, from the left side. Uh, and then one of the transfers we brought in saw some some really good success last year at Dayton was Addie Bolas. Uh, another lefty. We had a chance to play her in the A-10 uh, while we were at George Washington. We faced them in the championship, so we we had some experience seeing her. Uh, and then we, we brought in an, another transfer in Maddie Davis, who ha- has a little bit of experience from Central Florida, obviously knows the conference some. And then a couple of returners, Logan Estes has seen quite a bit of time here uh, and has done well, probably one of our harder thrower, throwers. And then Taylor Smith is another one that's a returner. So uh, we're going to be a little different than a lot of teams in, in softball where we'll take more of a baseball approach. We're going we're to need an entire staff. Uh, we're going to have a lot of staff outings, maybe not so much of 
uh, Tampa Bay Rays and things like that. We have an opener and a chance right. for meeting the inning, but th- there's going to be staff days like that. Uh, but we're going to have to utilize them all, and uh, we've, we've got five capable pitchers that are going to be able to get the job done for us. The transfer portal is open for softball players, just as it is for football, basketball, all the sports, and it's it's a sign of the times. I haven't talked to a lot of coaches that love it, but if you're going to exist and succeed, you're going to have to use it. So, how much uh, you know? How big of a change has that been for you with, with the transfer stuff going on? You know, for us, the one-time transfer has always been available in softball. So that 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 isn't new for us. We, we've always been able to utilize that role. What what makes it a little bit easier with the portal is now you basically get to look at the whole free agent wire instead of just finding from uh, travel ball coaches and things right. like that and getting emails on, on who's available. You, you get to see every single day the, the kids that enter the portal. Uh, so for us, it's it's really not not much different because transfers have always been a big part of softball. And for us, we're, we're we enjoy it because we we feel like we're going to build a program that players are going to want to come to. Uh, and we feel like we're going to build a program that players are going to want to continue to be a part of. Uh, so we, we don't see it as a negative as of people are going to be able to poach our players because, it's again, we're going to have an environment that people want to come here and develop a, a winning program and, and want to continue to stay and be part of it. So uh, we're, we're going to take advantage of it as much as we can. Coach, you've come to the right place uh, for good softball, going all the way down to the Pitt County Girls Softball League. you got the World Series uh, here in Greenville, some great high school teams in the area along with the – travel team so how much have you enjoyed that aspect of here in greenville and, and the, the passion and love for softball around here no i, I absolutely love it and, and, and i've seen it while bringing teams here in the past I, I mean i coached at marshall university as an assistant got to play here as members of conference usa and then even when i was at charleston southern we brought teams up here uh, and then it, actually when i was at gw we brought a team down here to a tournament so i've kind of had my eye on greenville for a long time and uh, this program and this community and i and i know how successful the softball is around here um, we, we've seen players go off to other schools and have success from from Pitt County. So we're we're going to look to keep those kids at home now. Uh, we've we've got one committed already, but uh, yeah, we we spent time at the World Series, the Little League World Series. So we, we've gotten to be a part of it and get right in the middle of it right away. But uh, it's it's passionate softball and baseball fan base. So we're excited and we're we're going to make sure that we're a big part of that. Yeah, you want to protect the backyard. A lot of these rosters over the years have had a Hawaii California flavor. So. It really is uh, recruiting nationally. How about you uh, as far as recruiting goes? Do you have a, an overall plan of the, the girls you want to look at and, and where they come from and all that? You know, for us, we, we want to be a nationally recognized program. So we're going to have to recruit nationally. Uh, but it's absolutely going to start in our backyard. Uh, we, we've got one from Greenville coming next year that was going to have a big impact for us. Uh, but we also have a Hawaiian kid. we got a California kid. Uh, so we, we've got them coming from all over the country. We've got a couple other North Carolina kids in the next two years that, that are committed. So we'll, we'll definitely start here. Uh, but for us to compete as a top 25 program and um, be a nationally recognized program, you got to bring in the best talent from, from coast to coast. Uh, and then obviously beyond the coast if we're, gonna, we're bringing in from Hawaii. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're, we're going to look at and unturn every stone we can and, and find the best talent all over the place. Talked uh, pitching a moment ago. How about in the field and the, the lineup, Coach? Who were you relying on with the bats this year and uh, defensively for the Pirates? You know, that's that's where we've got a lot of options. Um, we, we've got a lot of depth. We, we've been scrimmaging kind of Team 1 versus Team 2 the, the past couple weeks, and it's 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 a tight game. The pitchers are throwing for both teams, and we've got kids that can really swing it. Uh, Chanley Garner re- returns, and she's got probably our most power. Uh, she's had a lot of success. She's a fifth-year kid that we're going to rely on a lot. 
uh, kind of hammer things down for us at third base. Uh, and then we, we've got a couple transfers that have come in and made an impact right away. Even in January, we transferred into uh, Bailey Wilson, came in from Georgia Southern. I think she's going to make a big impact in the middle of our lineup. Uh, she was a 300-plus hitter and all-conference kid for them. Uh, and she's been swinging it really well. Tadria Sinney came in as a slapper from Texas A&M. Uh, ton of speed. That's definitely our fastest player. Going to be one of the faster players in, in the American. So she'll make a big impact. Uh, but some other returners that uh, haven't haven't shown out a ton, but they're going to see even more time. Faith Jarvis has been on fire really since August, since she, she got here. We, we got her back slapping, so playing a little more small ball game with her. Uh, and she's done extremely well. Uh, but, again, we, we've got options all over the place. Uh, so- Sophie Wools has, uh, again, been one of, one of our b- bigger power kids behind the plate. Uh, she's done a great job back there. She's going to be running our pitching staff as, as our catcher. Uh, but she's grown up a lot since we got here in the fall. Uh, a lot more energy, a lot, lot more. Her leadership has stood out a, bun- a bunch. So uh, we, we've got a, we're going to have a deep lineup, not only one through nine, but re- really one through 12 or 13 to where we can make an impact. Yeah, it sounds like uh, a lot of depth pitching, a lot of uh, options offensively. So when you go into next week's games on the road uh, in a tournament there in Conway, South Carolina, are, are girls still kind of playing for their roles on the team uh, as you begin the season? This yeah, year? We, we, we've been talking about that every day. Uh, with how close it is, again, when our scrimmages are that close and, and kids kids can make an impact, and we're talking about being 1 through 12, 13, uh, I mean, you never know when an injury or an opportunity is going to come up to jump in the lineup. And uh, I, I'm one that uses a lot of our roster anyway uh, in order to find a way to win games. So the players are going to have an opportunity the first month plus of the season to kind of establish their role. Because uh, I'd, I'd say five or six in our, in our lineup probably are – cemented in pretty close mm-hmm. and then and then after that we've got again four five six seven that that are gonna uh rotate from time to time but uh that's that just shows how strong our depth is uh which is exciting shane wickler joining us east carolina will participate in the kicking chicken classic next week coach uh, down in conway south carolina opening up with the boilers uh purdue georgetown coastal carolina in that tournament and then the following week east carolina will be home for the pirate clash that's friday through sunday colgate wagner rutgers are going to be in that tournament you uh you guys play a lot of softball on a weekend coach a lot of innings a lot of games and uh you'll you'll get thrown right into the fire coming up these first few weeks yeah with, without a doubt and we were talking about before the show the way the way the softball schedule set up your first uh for us six weekends basically are a lot of tournaments and you're playing three or four opponents you're playing five games in a weekend uh it's it's taxing it's taxing on the coaches taxing on the players um but again you get to find out a lot about yeah. yourself right away uh especially when when you face a challenging schedule like we will and we'll face uh five well five big 10 games uh, basically in the first month plus to really see where we're at uh, getting to play some fire power five opponents uh, but yeah we're, we're gonna really hit it running that opening weekend uh, Purdue is a program that has been uh, improving a great deal they got two straight years of one of the best recruiting classes in the country coastal Carolina has been solid and and Georgetown's going to be a hungry program that didn't get to play last year because of COVID so they haven't played in two years so you're going to have a, a program that's begging to get back on the field that that we've seen during our time up in DC at GW so uh, we're really excited about the opponents that we're getting to face right away also in the non-conference slate uh, and, and our fans love these coach you got North Carolina coming here UNCW coming here on the road at NC State and uh, those should be uh, some fun games as well yeah, that, that we, we're really excited when putting together the non-conference part of the schedule because that's one part of it that we had a little bit of a input in when we got the job because obviously it was a little late. But 
getting to bring Duke and NC State here during our first year is, is exciting because obviously, uh, like we talked about, how passionate the fan base is and how, how great the softball community is here. We expect some big crowds for for those teams to come down, and we, we expect to play well. We got we got to see uh, Duke, NC State, and North Carolina in the fall and play, played really well uh, at times, picked up, a, picked up a, a couple wins during those games. So we're excited to bring them here re- regular season and, and see where we're at. Uh, doubleheader scheduled for Duke this yep. year coming up on uh, – that'll be March 30th on a Wednesday. So uh, a lot of opportunities to see East Carolina at home against some great competition this year. As you look at the American coach, uh, who stands out to you and – Obviously, we'll see what happens this year, but dating, uh, judging back the last year and, and looking at it, who uh, who's on top of this conference? You think? Yeah, this this is one of the tougher conferences in the country. I mean, the past couple of years, it's been one of the third or fourth ranked uh, strength and schedule conferences in, in the entire country. And uh, Wichita State was uh, the champion of the conference last year. They got one of the best offensive teams in the entire nation. Uh, but South Florida is going to be right there. They got they got an All American pitcher that they're going to rely on that keeps them in absolutely every game. We talked about how important the pitching is, and I mean they're they're going to be in a lot of two one one nothing games. Uh, and after that, Central Florida is one also that uh, is receiving votes top twenty five. So we've got three teams in the conference: one that's in the top twenty five preseason with Wichita State, and two that are receiving votes. And uh, at, after them, we've got four more teams in, in a 17 conference that are all capable of, of competing near the top. So it's it's one of the deeper leagues, even though it's a smaller conference. Uh, but from top to bottom, it, we know talking to the other coaches just how tough every weekend's going to be. But you have three right away at the top there that are top 25 caliber programs. Coach, I think when we talked to you, uh, for, you had just got hired here. I don't even know if you had a staff yet put together. But how about assembling a, a staff here uh, when you came to East Carolina? And uh, tell us about them. You know, I, I, I lucked out with our with our staff. Uh, I was able to bring down Keanu Quillis from GW as our, my pitching coach. Uh, she's been with me the past three years, uh, and she did an outstanding job up there and uh, was able to keep her from jumping on and, and being a head coach right away uh, and, and bring her down here to Greenville uh, for the time being. But she does, she does great. Uh, she played at Coastal Carolina, was uh, an all-region p- pitcher of the year for them. Also swung the bat, so she's able to help out with our with our hitters as well. Uh, and then Jenna Cohn played for me the, for the past three years. So a younger assistant to jump into a full-time role, but uh, I've kind of been molding her to be uh, a, a coach for the past three years as I was coaching up at GW. But one one of the better offensive players in the nation for the past five years, uh, 70-plus home run kid. But again, you, you don't even need to just look at the stats. As, as soon as you talk to her, you see her knowledge and passion for the game. So we're excited there. And then uh, we were fortunate director of ops-wise to – uh, keep Olivia Naren uh, on board. She, she's been here the past five years playing. Uh, she's done a great job behind the scenes for us. So really excited about the staff we have because, again, we talk so much about culture and relationships, and uh, that's what that's what this group does the best. Talking to Shane Winkler here inside the Pirate Radio studios to kick off this Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Coach, has anything changed in the game since you've been involved in it? Coaching uh, over the years, you see changes to all sports. How about softball? Is it kind of the same as it's been? Is there anything new? Uh, what do you think? Well, I mean, th- things change year to year all the time. Uh, but e- everyone's coming with with new ways to teach hitting, new ways to teach pitching, things like that. Technology is is a lot bigger now. Some of the analytics and things like that. Do but, you get involved in that stuff? Uh, uh, analytics? A- 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 absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we we're, we're probably one that's closer to a little bit of the old school with blending in the analytics at the same time. Uh, we don't want to get away from. 
the old school scouting type where you kind of your hands on and more development more 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 the see and the experience that that our staff has um, but the numbers are always going to be a part of it uh, and then we do a, a lot with video breakdown and uh, just ESPN ESPN plus and the opportunity to to see every opponent you're playing yeah uh, that the scouting and preparation is a lot deeper than it was when, when I first got into it it uh, when I first became a head coach 14 years ago uh, it, it was tough to find any video on on, a, on an opposing team. Uh, you're going off just scouting report, word of mouth on, on opponents, and now you're getting to dive in and see basically all 56 games on certain opponents, especially in stronger conferences. So that's been a big part of it, and we, we utilize that a great deal. Uh, but to me, that's that's one of the fun parts of, of coaching right there also is the, the behind the scenes and the preparation for game to game. As a, uh, a baseball player, you played baseball. Where did you play baseball? I graduated from Butler, uh, okay. and then I played a, a couple seasons, bouncing around the independent league, minor league ball. Uh, so, I, I, but I've been a li- lifelong baseball guy. Man, I wish Gordon Hayward would have hit that shot against Duke in the championship <laughs> or a Butler championship. Um, so, why softball? Why did you decide to get into coaching softball? You know, for me, I, I was going to play as long as I could. Uh, the, the dream from young age was obviously playing center field in the big leagues until they drug me off the field but that that came sooner than i thought it'd be so i knew i'd get into coaching at some point uh, i had a younger sister that played softball uh, so i was always coaching her her travel team helping out mm-hmm. uh, during a redshirt year in college i helped out with her high school team and then while i was playing independently ball i was asked to come help out with the junior college team she was playing so just getting a taste of coaching softball there's there's enough of a blend uh, of baseball in there and i can have enough of my baseball background helps out with with what we're doing uh, so really, it goes back to coaching at Danville Area Community College, getting to do it at the at softball at, at the college level. Kind of got me excited about it. And then I uh, applied for a couple jobs, landed at Marshall. And even then, I thought I'd move back to baseball because I was still playing pro ball at the time. So I, I thought I'd make the switch back. But once I got the taste of the Division One level, it was uh, there was no going back. Just the energy around the game. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll never be one. Obviously, being a baseball guy that talks about baseball being slow or any of that like that with like a lot of softball people do. But the impact that you can make as a coach uh, during the game, uh, just the way the game is played, uh, is is really exciting to be a part of coaching wise. And then obviously, being able to make an impact for for young female student athletes has has been important. It seems like a lot of these sports in college is kind of going more the pro route. Everything just feels so. I don't know. It's different than it used to feel. Softball still kind of has that old school feel with the players in the dugout chanting, uh, the energy, the passion, and it it does kind of feel like maybe one of the last true amateur sports uh, in college. So I could I could see that side of it, the passion and, and energy they bring every day. Yeah, the the way it is in a in a midweek softball game is similar to what you'll see in the college World Series and the MLB when, when when the energy really gets picked the up playoffs. in the World Series. Yeah. So it, it's that 56 games for us, right. which which is exciting. Good stuff. Uh, well, Shane, anything else uh, we need to know? East Carolina will start the season next week on the road, be here all weekend, the following weekend. So people need to uh, to show up and, and cheer you guys on in year one, right? No, absolutely. We've, we've got an energized group that, that are excited to be a part of, of what we're building. Uh, so that I, I want to talk about building more than anything and not rebuild because we, we, we've got something. we got a foundation built already that we're excited about. Uh, we got a group that's passionate that have been working their tails off since since August to really make an impact with this program. Uh, so everyone wants to talk about how long it'll take to, for us to build a winner. We're, we've, we've got a group ready to do it now. 
uh, and that's what we're focused on. So it, it's going to be a fun and exciting product to come and watch. We've, we've got we've got a passionate group that plays hard, uh, but it, it's it's a fun brand of softball to watch. So uh, we're not just based on a, a power hitting team or a small ball. We, we've got a nice blend of it all. But again, we talked about how exciting and, and energetic the the softball games are. That's that's the type of group we have. They they have a blast playing, and we, we've let them have that personality and and enjoy being themselves. So it's it's going to be. Uh, a fun group to watch for Pirate Nation. Well, Coach, I wish you the best of luck. We'll keep in touch, get you on uh, again down the road. Appreciate you joining us today, and uh, good luck this season. Awesome, Cliff. Appreciate you. All right, there is Shane Winkler joining us here to kick off a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. When we return, we'll talk to our old buddy, former voice of Tulane, now the radio voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, Todd Graffinini. He'll join us on the road in Denver, ECU Tulane tomorrow, and hoops. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more when we return after this. to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Vacation spots are right here in your very own backyard. Take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get out on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Cliff Rock. All right, thank you, Shirley. I wonder, uh, I'm glad we don't hear Shirley's inner thoughts of what she really feels about Chandler and I. <laughs> Some of the stuff we say. Especially during the breaks? Yeah. Yeah. A little vulgar. Uh, we got a those uh, those little thought bubbles that pop up. You know, we've got a uh, video promo for tomorrow's watch along that's going to come out. So, coming up Saturday, two o'clock, we'll be here uh, inside the Pirate Radio Studios. We'll be live on Facebook and YouTube. We'll be watching East Carolina take on Tulane. You uh, will watch with us and have a good time. We'll be giving out some tiebreakers, gift cards, also some pirate radio swag so uh we got a lot of fun coming up saturday two o'clock we did a promo video for that and uh i think we finally got it done on the fifth or sixth try jeez man like well it was like four or five takes of that but uh we could i think it's safe to say that we would not be able to be on saturday night live no no we would completely break oh all it would take is one little the first take that we were doing was great until I said... Well, hey, you didn't even really say anything. I just, it just gotcha. It, but it tickled and I, me. And I got y'all. And it tickled I, me. Man. And it, it makes you respect uh, the thespians, uh, the actors out there. Yeah, the, it's one of the reasons uh, when I went into college, I, they wanted me to do video production. And one of the things that we had to do was kind of put together like a mock newscast. And I told them I wanted to do camera work, and they said, no, 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 we're, we're going to try you out as a actual reporter. You're so our you're, Connie Chung. Yes, I am. Uh, yes. And uh, so they put me in front of a camera, which was a bad idea. And um, so we're doing this newscast, and I had um, uh, my co-host, 
co-news anchor, whatever, had to had to say a word where you had to roll the R's, like Cabrera. Cabrera. Yeah, something like that. Well, he rolled the R's, and for whatever reason, it caught me the wrong way, and I got so tickled, I could not keep it together. So you love news bloopers because you were once a A news news blooper. Yes. There you go. Um, And my professor was livid and comes storming out of the uh, control room just fussing at me, and I told him, I said, look, I told you I did not want to do this because if I break, I can't keep it together. And, you know, there there are people that can do that. They can laugh and say, okay, we're good. Let's move on to the next take. I am not – I will Go lose on. it. That was not us today. Nope. It'll take me a full <laughs> maybe hour and sometimes even longer to get it get it back together. There was one time I couldn't find the water bottle behind me and it tickled me because <laughs> I kept <laughs> – I posted a couple of our outtakes. We'll have the full video up soon. Yeah, Clips Clip, like, t- Clip like busting me, and I'm sitting there like reaching my arm back, like, where is this water bottle at? I finally found it, and when I turn around, I'm just laughing. I'm giggling because Clip can't draw a car. My car drawing is really he bad. He called my car a junk car, like a crap car. A crappy car. We, we had fun, though. Fun day. Oh, it was, it was and fun. And it was just us three. Like, it yeah. was just us three in the studio doing this. Like, there was yeah, nobody it was a else. Lot of fun. It, it was us two in the video. You were the video taker, and great job by Shirley Rhodes, by the way. Great camera work. I could win an Emmy. Yeah. All right, let's uh, head out to the Pirate Radio Live line and talk to our old buddy, uh, Todd Graffanini. You know him formally as the voice of the Tulane Green Wave, now the radio voice for the Pelicans, the New Orleans Pelicans. He joins us today on Pirate Radio Live. Graff, how you doing, man? I am well, Cliff. It is always a pleasure to be on the show, and uh, you are my favorite former conference affiliate road sports talk show you're getting there you got there thank you i appreciate that and i felt the sincerity in your voice when you said that great uh graf where are you uh talking to us from currently what are you up to today i am uh, i'm at ball arena in denver colorado we're at shoot around right now and the pelicans getting set to take on Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. Uh, 15 degrees outside. It's a little uh, hmm. little brisk here in the Mile High City. The Joker, one of the most unique stars in the NBA. And Graf, uh, what a gig. What a life you have uh, to be able to see these guys in person each and every night. Who, uh, I don't know, I mean, something happens every night and, and great plays. And uh, Does anybody stand out like who have you really enjoyed seeing play uh up close and personal this year uh from a, a star standpoint that's that's a great question because like you said it's it's every night uh it, there's somebody every every team's got a star and a lot of teams have superstars and it's, it's just crazy man because each and every night you see something that like well there's no way this guy's gonna make this shot there's no way and they do it and they do it with regularity uh, the talent and athleticism is, is nuts. But, no, I've been pretty fortunate this year because we played Philly. We played Denver a couple times already. So, basically seeing the two MVP candidates going at it in Jokic and, 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 and Joel Embiid. And, you know, you could really flip a coin as to who's going to win the MVP. Uh, we had a chance to see, you know, Golden State very early in the season. And, you know, Steph was, was very good at that. Steph Curry was very good at that time. But, He's kind of leveled off a little bit, but but Jokic and Embiid have just just literally put their teams on their back. And you know we were in Philly a couple of weeks ago, uh, shorthanded 
clip, you know, we, we had nine available. It was, a, it was a game that we really shouldn't have played, but I don't, we don't have enough time on this show for me to get into it because uh, <laughs> I've already gone to my soapbox about that. Um, but, you know, Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris single-handedly beat the Pelicans, and the Pelicans played as hard as they could with nine guys and you know, no Brandon Ingram, no Josh Hart, and Embiid scored 42 and Harris scored 38. And, and the thing about it is is that, in the NBA, literally one guy can beat you. It, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. But I'd say right now, Jokic has been the best player uh, that I've watched this year because the numbers just really back it up. When that guy is on the floor, they are a championship-caliber team. They really are. When he sits or has to sit with foul trouble or takes a break, they are historically bad. <laughs> It's it's crazy. Yeah. No, it, I mean the numbers back it up. Yeah. Um, but Jokic can, is just phenomenal, and it's crazy because it looks like he's running in slow motion. Yeah, everything he does seems slower uh, than the the other players on the court, but uh, it works, and uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. Well, Graf, uh, there's some good basketball going on down in New Orleans, and uh, it's your Tulane Green Wave, uh, and I know you keep up with uh, everything that goes on there as much as you can. And how about Ron Hunter? Had that difficult non-conference where they didn't play very well, had some stoppages in there, but since getting into conference play, 6-4 and four, uh, now in the league right now, and uh, Ron Hunter has his guys believing, and if uh, folks know anything about Ron Hunter, he's having a lot of fun while doing it, uh, Graf, and uh, I'm sure that's been fun for you to watch this year. No, it has been, and look, I've followed Tulane basketball pretty much my entire life and called you know, games. Uh, I was the, in the analyst chair when uh, the posse came at Tulane in the early 90s, and then you had Gerald Honeycutt and Rayshard Allen and, and actually made the tournament three times. So I've, I've been up close and personal with Tulane basketball in its heyday. Now, it's been a very long time since Tulane has been relevant in basketball, and I've said this many times. My, my only regret calling Tulane sports, and I, I've done it all, Cliff, as you know, my only regret is I never, ever called a meaningful Tulane basketball game. Uh, in my 12 years, the, the, the probably the most meaningful game that I called as a play-by-play announcer was the semi, semifinal uh, game in the conference tournament mm. in Orlando. I mean, that's really as close as it's been. Uh, Tulane basketball, I mean, for lack of a better word, has been irrelevant uh, for a very long time. I was in the building last Saturday against Wichita State, and it honestly felt like old times in there. And it was it was good. You know, we've we've had decent crowds in the past. You know, when Memphis would come in when they were number one, and John Calipari was the coach, the place was sold out. I called a game against Georgia Tech uh, about 10 years ago when Tulane was undefeated. They were 8-0 non-conference, and the place was sold out. We beat Georgia Tech. But it just that has been few and far between. And what I saw last Saturday really gave me hope that Tulane basketball is on its way back. And, look, Ron Hunter hadn't, has not had it easy. I mean, his first year, obviously, you had the COVID situation, and then last year, same deal, and it's just it's been really hard. But they've got players now, um, starting with the transfer from LSU, Jalen Cook, who has completely just taken games over at times. Uh, you know, there have been comparisons to Gerald Honeycutt. I, I don't think it's quite that dramatic, but I have not seen a pure scorer at Tulane in a long time, maybe since Ricky Tarrant 
was a freshman. Um, but, man, this kid is unbelievable. He is fearless. And I think they're just finally starting to take the persona of the head coach. And Ron Hunter's got it going. It's just it's a shame they lost all those close games early in the non-conference because that's why the overall record really isn't that good. I mean, they lost a bunch of games in the last couple minutes, games that they really should have won. So, you know, I, the, look, they played, they played Houston the other night, Clip, and played them as hard as anybody has played Houston. I mean, the last yeah. quarter, Houston has basically mopped the floor with Tulane. It, they haven't even been games. Wednesday night was an actual game, and if Tulane would have made some three-point shots, it, it would have gone down to the wire. They played Houston as tough defensively as any team that I've seen. They played their tails off in that building uh, on the road and, you know, just didn't make enough shots. But competitive-wise, they were there. So I think, you know, I don't know if Tulane is going to be able to pile up enough quality wins to even be considered for the tournament. But there is no doubt in my mind that they could go on a run in the conference tournament and yeah. in that way. Because we've already seen them beat Cincinnati and Memphis this year, which hadn't happened since I was in college. So uh, it hadn't beaten them in the same season. So it, it's it's just been fun to watch. And, you know, here's the thing, too. East Carolina is actually going to go in there tomorrow, and there's going to be a home court advantage. There will be students in that building. Um, and... It, <laughs> I, I, it's funny, Clip, because Tulane has been so bad in basketball for so long. Anytime we've had a good crowd, it's actually worked in their instrument. <laughs> yeah, because they've been they try because they try too hard to right. please the fans that are in there, and they start you know doing things that they're not that they shouldn't be doing. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Last Saturday was the first time that I've seen in a very long time a home crowd actually help the team and. I think East Carolina should expect that tomorrow. Pirates uh, knocked off Tulane earlier this year. Tulane trying to return the favor tomorrow, and the Green Wave will be uh, favorites in that game coming up on Saturday, one would imagine. So you had the Pelicans. You got some Tulane hoops going on. I got to imagine, though, down in uh, New Orleans, most of the headlines uh, on the sports page graph uh, have to deal with the Saints, right? And Sean Payton stepping down, and what are they going to do with the the coach opening? Uh, you had the Breeze uh, retirement a couple years ago, followed by the Payton retirement, and now uh, you kind of look around and say, uh-oh, uh, what are we here uh, when, when it comes to the New Orleans Saints? Yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a weird couple of weeks, no question. About it. As a matter of fact, I say couple of weeks. It's only been a week. It feels like it's been, you know, a week and a half. It feels like it's been months uh, since Peyton, you know, retired. And, look, you know, it's funny. I was doing a, a, a radio segment because the Pelicans had a game that night, and I was previewing the game. And literally while I was on the air, the news came down that Peyton was <laughs> going to step down. And, I mean, you talk about getting hit with a sledgehammer. Like, nobody knew what to say or do. Uh, it was crazy. I mean, that guy's been a fabric of this city for so long now, and just to think that he's not going to be on the sideline next year was pretty overwhelming. Um, I mean, that guy turned the New Orleans Saints into a relevant franchise and, you know, brought me so much joy as a Saints fan uh, in the last 16 years. But, you know, you think, how could he do this? How could he do this? But last year was an absolute roller coaster ride, and just it—it it was a rough 
rough football season. And you could argue Sean Payton had his best coaching job last season, uh, going nine and eight with the injuries, the, the, the retirement. You mentioned Breed, Michael Thomas on the first day of training camp. You know, we find out that he didn't have off-season surgery, so you weren't going to have your best receiver. I mean, we had injuries all year long. We basically punted two games because of COVID. Uh, Sean Payton actually watched the Tampa game, the 9 nothing shutout of Tampa, uh, on Sunday night. He watched it in his house because he was in health and safety protocol. Oh, yeah. It, it was just, oh, man, it was. And, and here's, the, here's the number that really stands out. The Saints had 58 different players that started a game last year. 58, and somehow that man kept it all together. Uh, Oh, by the way, the team lived in Dallas for a a month because of Hurricane Ida. Uh, Throw that one in there as well. And, you know, we're all pulling for San Francisco to lose the final game of the regular season, and the Rams choked. And if they would not have, the Saints would have been in the playoffs. So it, it really was a crazy year, but I think Sean Payton... You know, as the year was going, I had to be going, man, I this, I didn't sign up for all this crap. I don't need this. I don't need I, – seriously, I think he just, you know, he had enough. And it's been all positive, you know. It's really been all positive. It's, it's just – I don't think anybody was really ready to go down memory lane last Tuesday because when he did his final press conference, he talked for 90 minutes. And it was basically what – he had done the last 16 years, and I, nobody in New Orleans was ready for that. Yeah. So, you know, we got to find a coach. we got to find a quarterback. And uh, other than that, all is well. <laughs> well, that south all of a sudden is, uh, is wide open. Now, Tampa still has a lot of leftovers from their Super Bowl team, but they're not going to have their quarterback. So that it's the quarterback sweepstakes going on in the south right now and and the panthers may try to upgrade from darnold i don't know about the future of matt ryan but obviously uh the bucks and the saints uh, are going to be looking for one so uh there's going to be a mad scramble to get that best qb in the division there graf yeah yeah and look like you said it's it's wide open and the best way to the playoffs is winning your division and it's funny because you know that's what the theme is in New Orleans Sports Talk Radio. It's exactly the same in Atlanta because they're saying, well, you know, now Sean Payton's gone, who has owned us the last 15 years, literally owned them, and he's not there anymore, so why not us? And Carolina's got to be thinking the same thing and and Tampa as well, and I can promise you that the New Orleans Saints are not scared in the slightest of the Atlanta Falcons or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we, we were beating Tampa with Tom Brady. So that's just, you know, win the division and get in the playoffs, and then who knows? I mean, look at the Cincinnati Bengals. They got in, and they're making a dream run right now. So, and it's just the NFL is king. The NFL is king. <laughs> Anytime Todd Graffinini can go on anyone's radio show and talk down to the Falcons and Bucks, he'll take that opportunity. So, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Graf, uh, hey, my Braves were finally able to get past the big bad Dodgers. Are we going to have some baseball this year? What's uh, what's going on there? No, man. I hope so. I don't think they're going to have spring training. Yeah. I can tell you that much. Um, but congratulations. I was very happy uh, for all my Braves fans. Um, you know, one of my uh, coworkers, Daniel Salison, who does our pregame and, and does some analysis uh, during games, is a massive Braves fan. We were in Phoenix that night. Uh, playing the Suns the night they won the World Championship, uh, the World Series, and, you know, 
he was tearing up next to me while the basketball game was going on. He watched the final outs uh, on a phone that our engineer had. And uh, <laughs> he was fist pumping it, and I patted him on the back. I'm like, congratulations. We actually we were in Minnesota when they beat the Dodgers in the final game of the LCS. Mm. And I said, hey, man, what, you know, you beat us. What can I say? Uh, we had our we had our World Series last year, so it's, it's your time and and uh, and all is well. So now now we hopefully we have a season. Yeah, no doubt. Graf, uh, Todd Graffinini joining us. Before I let you go, a couple of quick hitters. You mentioned uh, the spots you were in there. What's your favorite road arena to call a game in? Ooh, good call, good call. Um, I tell you what, my favorite arena is in Indianapolis. Um, Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Okay. Basketball. It is ba- it is basketball only. It the sight lines are fantastic. Uh, it's got a real old school feel to it, and you got a pretty good view of the action. Now, see, radio in the NBA now is not on the floor. There's only three teams that allow radio left on the floor, so every other vantage point is pretty up there. Um, you know, they built. They just built Chase. They just built uh, Chase Arena in San Francisco right on the bay. Uh, brand new facility. That place is very, very sweet. Uh, best sight lines as far as view, probably L.A. Um, uh, Staples Center, which is now Crypto, Crypto. Arena. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, they put you basically in the middle of the lower bowl uh, center court. So that's a pretty good look. Uh, we were just in Cleveland the other night. That's a pretty good look. Uh, in the club level, hanging over the, the the lower level, which is which is pretty nice. But uh, I would say, yeah, my favorite arena is is in Indianapolis. And Graf, is it a little different than college basketball, where in college hoops you get there, you call the game, you head out, and the pros are you able to check out the city at all, eat some food, things like that? Absolutely. Yeah. Now here tonight, tonight we are actually staying over because we're playing Houston on Sunday in Houston. So they're very big now. And this started when I came into the league two years ago. This is my third year in the league. They're very big now on players getting rest. That, that's, that's, that's a very big key in today's NBA, uh, at, meaning sleep. So they, they want the players to sleep as much as possible. Um, so we don't really get and go unless we're going back home. Um, if we're on a road trip, we're going to stay over that night and then fly out the next day. That's just one of the things that have, that have happened. So, gotcha. um, no, I was able, we got in uh, yesterday. I was able to go out for a little bit, and then I'm going to go to the same place tonight after the game's over, which right down the street from the arena, and then uh, we're going to wake up. They're going to practice here tomorrow. We're going to fly to Houston. Great deal. Uh, Graf, you're the man. Have a fantastic call tonight, and uh, great to catch up with you. Just talk some sports. I really enjoy it, and uh, we'll try to do it again down the road with you, Graf. You the man, Clip. Anytime. Thank you, Todd Graffinini, joining us. Uh, he has been a friend of the station for a long time and has given us uh, a lot of entertainment over the years with some classic calls uh, and uh do we have i don't know if we don't have them now we could have them next break surely do we have any graph we got something and frazier oh no so barkley's going to inbound this is baseline right to my left ecu so, two lane and they cannot run the baseline here pirates down two blake paul jumping up and down Barkley trying to get it in, trying to get it in. Throws a baseball pass. 
It's taken by Tyson, who throws up a prayer, and it goes in with .8 to go. I don't believe it. I do not believe what I just saw. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Does he believe Tyson it? got a jump ball, just an absolute prayer. He was falling down, threw it in with a left hand. Just a miracle, a prayer. Just an absolute prayer was answered. I just, I cannot believe I just saw that live. So now you're in a world of trouble. You got He's not a homer, is he? And not just that, he's mad. He's mad because his flight is going to leave even later. Faces because they're going to have to go to overtime. Arena. He's still I talking about it. Believe that just happened. <laughs> still. <laughs> I'm trying to find the one By where... By the way, Tulane won that game, so shut up, Graf. Everything's okay. All right, hold on. Let me see if I can find the other one that uh, we, I... We got home run calls. We got all kinds of gra- stuff. Yep, right here. All right. Hang a bang baby! Oh, yeah. Hang them, bang them! That was uh, from a big home run call. Uh, and... Do, 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 do. Okay, here's here's a walk-off against Ole Miss. Okay, that might have been it. Let's see. Drive to deep right! Stay fair! Stay fair! It is! It's gone! It's gone! It's a home run! It's a home run! Eskadi shall receive! Chopper style! Home run, Ben Goodley wins! Do you like your announcers being homers? I do. I do. I do. And if you do, you would love Todd Graffinini. If you don't but, and would like a more fair and balanced approach, you will dislike Todd Graffinini. No, it brings so much passion to the broadcast when somebody's a homer. When you have some kind of connection to the team that you're broadcasting for, yeah. it is yeah. just so much fun for you and for the fans that are listening. I mean, you know, like a Jeff, like a Jeff Charles – um, who's been doing this for 30-plus years, he's broadcasting to majority of Pirate fans. They want to have that same excitement from you that they're going to have whenever you make the call. So I think I think like I, like that call right there, I think that's just pure excitement from a fan, and that's Todd Graffinini. Uh, I mean, I would – I have a problem with neutrality when it comes to uh, ball games. Like when I listen to guys like Kevin Harlan – on uh westwood one kevin harlan goes completely nuts yeah and, he's calling you know, it down and the middle. he's he's calling it down for, the for middle both sides, but he's yeah. doing it for both sides and yeah. I, now but that brings passion it's, it's it passion, brings for passion both sides. yes and it brings a level of excitement to the game and i like it but when it comes to i guess you could say an announcer becoming a homer well the one time i did uh call play by play for for something i'm gonna be a homer because my job well i mean I look at it as, as I'm I, I'm a fan too, and you know I just happen to be telling you what's going on. Some people uh, criticize Jeff Charles for being too excited for the other team. I'm sure you've seen those criticisms. Oh yes, of course. And uh, for Jeff, he's calling the act, and he he gets excited about good plays. He definitely has an East Carolina slant to his broadcast. Um, but I have seen that criticism from him over the years. A guy that go ahead take us to break, Charlie. Yeah, so a guy we talk about a lot, uh, and I don't think he has any kind of connection to the Hornets. But Eric Collins is a guy <laughs> who really brings the passion. Yeah. He's definitely a homer when it comes to Hornets basketball. 
but he knows he's 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 literally on the broadcast for Hornets on Valley Sports. So majority of the people that are going to be tuned in are Hornets fans. So Think he brings so like- much passion and, and it's so much fun listening to him. And people get people get annoyed by him. I I don't really know why because he just brings so so much excitement to the fans' pers- perspective. And of how could the you game. leave out a guy like Gus Johnson? And, who is, well, and again, hey, once again, yeah, go. He's Mr. Excitement, but he's he's, he's down neutral. the line. Yeah. Yes, he's down the middle. I just think you can bring an excitement and still, you know, be a homer and be. I, I'm fine with it. I have no problem with it. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back, wrap up hour one, Pirate Radio Live. Tony Dunn joins us hour two. We're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Need some beer for the weekend? Well, the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop near Christie's Europub is a specialty shop selling craft, domestic, and import brews along with wine and growlers. The Bottle Shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings featuring rotating North Carolina craft breweries along with live music and discounts. Stop by Tuesday through Sunday or check out the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. All right, quick bridge segment to get us into hour two. Tony Dunn's here, but he's not here. Technically, he's here. I can see him. I can even touch him, but but he's not here yet. He'll be here in a moment. Um, this came out today. Not good news. East Carolina wide receiver C.J. Johnson has been suspended indefinitely from the football program. Mike Houston said, quote, C.J. is not living up to the standards we have set for our football program. Uh, he said... If uh, CJ fully understands the steps needed to be taken to be a member of this program moving forward, end quote. Better now than in September. Yeah. Uh, but you hope that this isn't the end of CJ Johnson of East Carolina. He can get his act together, do what he needs to do to get back in the good graces, get back on the team, get back on the field. Uh, CJ has 108 catches 1800 yards 11 touchdowns in in his career and with tyler sneed entering the draft audio matosho likely not coming back (laughs) if cj's gone a lot of questions you got a lot of questions even if cj johnson is back and playing well at receiver if he's gone you've got uh, an enormous amount of questions about that wide receiver room so this is uh, not good news, but hopefully there is time before between now and spring ball and, of course, now and the season where, you know, he can work out whatever he's got going on and get back on the team. Yeah, uh, maybe this is a, a good thing for CJ to necessarily put him in his place and kind of make him realize, all right, now i got to step up as a leader on this football program. We knew, you know, in the past that he's had some maturity issues uh, on and off the field, and, he, you know, he's had a slide uh, performance-wise on the field for the Pirates. But, I mean, the potential's there. It's like you just went off on, on his stats and his career here at ECU. He's, he's got the potential. He's got the talent. He just has to kind of, you know, mature in some ways. And so – um, Mike Houston, I think this says a lot about Mike Houston. He's not going to put up with any crap, or and he's going to 
you know, do what he has to do to try to, you know, get those guys off the team. But, you know, this doesn't mean that CJ's gone for, for good. He can always come back. And like you said, it's good that it's happening now. It's, it's not good that it's happening at all. But if it's going to happen, it's a good time to do it now. Let him kind of, you know, sit back and think about what he's done and maybe try to improve himself as a player and person. So uh, still got some time before the spring and also obviously a lot of time before kickoff in September in Daddy Ficklin Stadium against NC State. So hopefully CJ can come back and he can perform at the, his highest level. And I'm personally pulling for him. Uh, we talked to him during the year on Mondays on the Players' Lounge, and uh, he was always very nice, very respectful to oh, us. Yeah. And uh, I enjoyed getting to know him a little bit, talking football uh, with him. So I'm uh, hoping he can get back uh, you know, on the team and back in the good graces of Coach Houston and the staff. But looks like he's got some work to do for that to happen. Once again, uh, C.J. Johnson suspended indefinitely from the football program. All right, let's take a break. When we return, Tony will be even more here because we'll talk to him. Oh, my goodness. What a week in the NFL. Let's see what's going on in Pantherland. Oh, you talk about Tom Brady retiring? Yeah, no, that, that was big news. That's, like, not even important anymore. Oh, uh, okay. Um, We've got a shift change in Tony's outlook on the Panthers a little bit. I think I'm kind of responsible for I that. I think we could put Tony in the Matt Rule fan. <laughs> I don't think we're uh, ready to category. go there yet. Uh, but we'll talk to him about that <laughs> and more when we return after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live now back to the show welcome back do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event we'll keep it local and print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswearenc.com the official sportswear provider of pirate radio for 18 years now let's head back in to prl here's clip barack all righty, back with you here on a Free Beer Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We've got today the Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda Variety Pack, Citrus, Classic Cola, Orange Soda, and Cherry Cola are in this 12-pack. Sounds like a plan for the weekend. You can be a winner if you are a lucky caller number 12 coming up uh, in hour number three. And also, we'll be handing out a large two-topping pizza to Domino's. So that's coming up in hour three of today's show. we got the watch-along coming up Saturday at 2. Myself, Chan Man, Tony Dunn is questionable, might make it. Um, but we will be enjoying some some tiebreakers and watching ECU take on Tulane. Tony, you've been to a few basketball games this year. You're pulling for them. You're yeah, hoping they of course. Can I'm always pulling for them. I've get, been on the ground floor since the ground floor was invented. I told Tony years ago... And uh, we talked, like, jump on now, Tony, on the ground floor. That elevator's not quite working yet. Nope. But it's going to one day. And you can say, I was on. This gather, escalator is out of order. Gather around, Tony, grandkids. I was on the ground floor. Tony also has been almost courtside Almost courtside. Almost courtside. One row behind it. Second row. Yeah. You inspired Chandler and I when we were watching you in a, during a game uh, cheering on the Pirates. From nice. Second row. 
uh susan deans is in on the chat uh, let me guess chandler what I, do you think she said today i have not looked at the comments yet all right i'm I'll just gonna give you one guess i'm gonna throw it out there i think she might have said hashtag fire matt rule that is correct susan deans uh her daily fire matt rule into the pirate radio uh live chat speak it into existence <laughs> there was uh now chandler didn't get his hopes up because he told me you guys hanging around me is bad for your it really is existence because y'all are negative nancy's just like me now chandler said i'm never getting my hopes up again for anything <laughs> like well okay so anything in life now that's, anything. that's how you live life he did that's not, how bas- ecu basketball is tolerable and unfortunately it's true uh he did not get his hopes up for jim harbaugh going to minnesota which in turn could have matt rule going to michigan how about you tony did you ever put that into your brain that it- no hope yeah just you know i heard a rumor that jim harbaugh smells <laughs> all right isn't that funny i mean like really? where, no well hold on where did you hear this rumor it was on a radio show and it was that two pros and uh joe oh so oh, like, like uh, he stinks i hate that guy by the way but it was uh, jonas uh no- jonas Lavar. Knox. yeah well it was jonas knox who said it he said that there's a rumor out there that jim harbaugh has a stench to him yeah the harbaugh stench yeah interesting like he like he smells like pig pen oh my god can you see the smoke or whatever the like cloud of i mean so when, when he went in for an interview they smelled him and we're like yeah, oh, we can't yeah. hire this guy i can't sit in a room with he you. smells like crap <laughs> all right I guess like he was hey crap. coach harbaugh thank you so much for coming in and let us interviewing you like letting us uh talk to you today he leaves the room they go man did you smell him did you smell that will he sue the vikings for their hiring practices. Probably. Could be. Should. All right, so now there's another story going on, going on. speaking of rumors, and I'm not going to talk about these rumors. Rumor has it. I'm not going to talk about the rumors cuz it's not out officially. You can look it up on your own. But uh Brian Harson is in the news. And how about this, uh Tony? Uh, so let me let me read this first. Harson is the coach for Auburn. Um he's being scrutinized for what's going on on the field. There is a rumor going on that off the field he was involved in some stuff with another person, and that like is what go- kind of stuff. Just Google his name on Twitter, and you'll okay. find it very. His name Google again? his name on Twitter. <laughs> Holy crap! No, I sound like an old man. Yeah, <laughs> what's his name? Do that, go- uh, son. Boot go- up your Google. Phone. Uh, <laughs> get on Twitter and Google. Everybody, do it while we're talking, so you know what I'm talking about. B R Y A N H A R S I N. Brian Harson. And put intern oh. uh, chandler <laughs> sorry uh yeah so there's was it chandler chandler's no longer an intern it was not him were you involved uh, in any shady stuff as an intern uh i plead shirley uh <laughs> i plead the fifth what did shirley do did she she smacked you on the rear i plead the fifth what do you mean you plead the fifth it's it's on video oh yeah <laughs> it is you're caught hey the the photoshop of him in a neck brace is so funny <laughs> that was a deep fake so just so you know uh him doing the bobby petrino <laughs> yes! neck brace it's so funny all right anyway there's talks that maybe he could be out of auburn and i googled his name just now and it said and this was from an auburn website or a fan site would matt rule be interested in the auburn oh, job please i'm just saying chandler tony Another reason to maybe get your hopes up about Matt Rule. There is no uh, clip. 
Okay. I'm not getting Why? Is he good? Is who what? This guy. Harson. What do you mean is he good? Is he a oh, good Oh, you mean Matt Rule if he's would fired. go to Auburn. Yeah. Oh. If he was forced out of, of Auburn for yeah. what he has done off the field. Yeah. So, Tony, you see what people are saying? I don't really blame him. All right. Enough. 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 Oh. So, there you go. So, anyway, it has been a positive week for Panthers fans. Brady out. Peyton out. Oh, Brady retired? Matt Rule's still there. But, uh, Tony, I have noticed a bit of... A, a temperament change in your reporting, your stories Is that right? about Matt Rule hiring good, competent assistant coaches. I and think, I would like yeah. to commend you on that because I was worried you were going down the path that no matter what Matt Rule did, said, how he smelled, you would be against it. Tony, let me ask you this before you answer his was he an influence was clip an influence a in positive your, influence yeah it? i do think so i do think so because he when we were talking about jay gruden uh we we're talking about him not being the worst play caller right um and and as an offensive coordinator it was the head coaching uh tenure that you know really is problematic for him so yeah i would say that talk about ben mcadoo yeah but uh when we were like discussing the rumors of who they were going to hire clip was talking about how jay gruden could be a good coordinator i mean he mentioned jay gruden and ben mcadoo and i kind of uh parlayed that to ben mcadoo and uh and one of the things is is that uh, i've been very vocal about how matt rule's staff was inexperienced and Mm -hmm. for a long time you know we went through and looked at even just the assist the assistant assistants most of them came with him from baylor i mean it was headlined by wonder boy joe brady but you you say even beyond that yeah if you dig into it is that all of the players i mean all of the coaches came from college and he's really done a 180 and gone and got guys who have long records in the nfl whether we can debate about how successful they are. I think Chris Tabor's the the one that pretty much everybody can agree upon is that he's had what like something like uh, eleven years of success between Cleveland and um, the Green Chicago Bay. Bears yeah. uh, for a special a teams guy. coach. Not, but yeah, and Green then, and the then Camden, guy. yeah, and that the re- most recent one, the offensive line coach that they hired, has been around and has been. No, for like uh, guys like Bakhtiari and some, you know, really, and very popular with uh, even Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't like anybody. Yeah, <laughs> the one guy he likes. So Matt Rule is either a learning, or b and or b, maybe getting pressure from somebody above him that Matt, you're our guy's head coach, but you got to get some some experience. years, some experience in here. Yeah, is <clears throat> he's definitely learning on the job at this point. I mean, is that. You know, is that you can only dump on people so much, right? Is that at some point, now we're stuck with you. Our campaigns for fire mat rule have not worked. (laughs) We gave it a shot. We gave it a shot. I mean, the Hornets were trying to help us out. We kept his kids out of the building, the Spectrum Center. I know. I mean, they can't go outside without being tormented. But, um, I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. And if you're going to be critical about him not having an experienced coaching staff and then him jettisoning these guys and then going and getting guys with attributes that you said he needed, then uh, that's, I think that's a fair, um, you know, fair positivity, I yeah. guess you would say. But, you know, in interesting news, Joe Brady was hired as quarterback coach for Josh Allen, replacing... I guess now Ken Dorsey. Uh, Ken Dorsey's moving up to he's offensive going to offensive coordinator. They really love some old Panther stuff. Don't yeah, they, they do. The Buffalo Panthers. 
I met you. You know, I was hard on Ken Dorsey when he was Cam Newton's quarterback coach. I thought he was too young at the time. He was only like 30, uh, 31 or something. He was the like quarterback's that. coach for majority of the time that Cam was with us, right? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as Shula, Mike Shula became OC in 2013, mm-hmm. um, then. Ken Dorsey became the quarterback coach. And I always wondered that he didn't have, or what I thought was, is that he didn't really have the pedigree of success to command a lot of kind of confidence from Cam. Or, you know, is that. When did he come on, Tony? Do you remember? Who? Uh, Dorsey. What year was it? 2013. Okay. So Cam had already had some NFL success. Yeah. And and his college. And it was like talking to a peer rather than a coach. And I always thought somebody like. it was our old uh, ECU coach, Logan. Yeah. Would have been good. Or somebody, you know, somebody that's an old hat uh, would have been for Cam. Because, look, Cam did not progress in some of the things fast enough that we wanted to. Footwork. You know, some of the things that um, a lot of people said that he was not a, you know, polished quarterback. And you just had to wonder if that was Ken Dorsey at all. But, look, is Ken Dorsey. A lot of people like him right now. And interestingly, I guess Joe Brady's kind of just following that footsteps now. You bring up a good point, Tony. I'm trying to think back to who was Peyton Manning's old coach there. And it wasn't March of Broda. It was uh, maybe Lindy Infante. Maybe that. No, that was. Uh, I'm trying to. Clyde Christensen. Anyway, there was some. Peyton Manning had some older coordinators that he could because I think for Cam Newton what would have been good for him is if he had an older guy that could say all right here's what I did with Jim Kelly or yeah. like another you know here's what I did with Warren Moon like guys you could go back on like that having somebody so young uh, Cam probably and who stunk in the NFL yeah let's face it I mean he was a good college quarterback because he played with the best team around him in what, college he, football history yeah he was with the U with all those guys so uh no that's, that's a good point also old man tony has a policy now if you're younger than him he doesn't like you to coach his team true i think we've man. reached that age gosh you know <laughs> uh i it's funny is that i was talking to my students the other day and i said uh like uh you know you're old when you're like oh these millennials and those aren't even the generation that i'm talking to anymore. yeah you're going <laughs> younger like, than millennials I, Let's uh let's get a break in. We'll uh see if anything else is going on in Pantherland. We'll turn you want to get into the uh, Flores stuff. Sure. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll talk a little Super Bowl. We'll have our predictions coming up next week, but plenty to talk about on the NFL front. I'll see what Tony thinks about the Washington Commanders when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. When your air conditioning or heating unit needs repair or replacing, call on the reliable service professionals of Delcor Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Go to DelcorInc.com or give them a call at 321-8868. Delcor, the service professionals in Greenville. Now, let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All righty then. Back with you here. Free Beer Friday on a Friday. Kind of redundant. Mattress Mac. You know who that is? 
Yeah, the guy that uh, bets on the Super Bowl and then gives like people free furniture or something like that. Gallery furniture dude. He put some down today. He broke his uh, own personal record with a $4.5 million Super Bowl bet. To win $7.7 million. Who'd he bet on? The Bengals. Ooh. Plus the points. I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. All right. I wonder what his record is over the years. We'll probably click on a story and find out. But he does this all the time. That'd be cool if you just had that much money to drop on a game. Uh, let's see. Mattress Mac, $4.5 million on the Bengals. I'm trying to see if it's got his record all time. I don't see anything. Uh, his bet is tied to Gallery Furniture, a promotion. If a customer buys a mattress set or reclining furniture priced at $3,000 or more, it will be free if the Bengals win the Super Bowl interesting so there's the promo yeah i mean um you gotta wonder if he's in a big enough market where like when he loses that bet he still makes enough in guys like buying furniture so i guess it's he, a marketing it's, okay he took i was about to say he took the money line because if not he was about to possibly screw himself if the Bengals. What's the line right now? Hold on. Now I'm screwing myself. This says four and a half in this article I'm reading. Uh, He could win his bet, but the Bengals couldn't win. So I guess he could technically double up in that case. If he'd have taken Bengals plus four and a half, he wins his bet, and the Bengals didn't win the game. So all his customers are having to pay. He could do. He could double up. But but anyway. This guy has been putting down loot. Yeah. Yeah. Is this his, you see his, is his name Mc, Mc, Ingle, McVingle? Jim McIngvall. Yeah. He said, all right, look at this. Ingvall. Is that he put winning $3.46 million when Tampa Bay beat Kansas City. He bet more than $3.5 million throughout the course of the baseball season. I think he's on in the, the Astros. Houston. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he bet two million at twenty three to one odds on the Patriots, who were riding a five game winning streak at the time to go to win the oh, Super no. Bowl. He's struggling, Tony, because he had Alabama to beat Georgia. Oh, he did. So he's on a little a bit of a losing streak here. Yeah. So I feel good about the Rams right now because Mattress Mass uh, Mattress Mac has been struggling. All right, anything else going on in Panthers Land? Any any quarterback news there, Tony? Um, no, no, I think, man, it's just the same conversation being retread right now is uh, should Cam Newton be a bridge quarterback for Malik Willis if the Panthers were to draft him? Should Cam Newton be a bridge quarterback, period? Should the Panthers go and get a free agent? and uh, Or should they stick with Sam Darnold? And really, all of the options are, are not that exciting. I heard you ask uh, Tony Chandler uh, before the show, uh, so you want the Panthers to get Willis? What was your answer to that? Well, you know, Malik Willis's stock is rising fast at the Senior Bowl right now. Is that So he played at Liberty, was former Al- Alabama, Auburn transfer. He's from? Like he left. He's, yeah, he was at Auburn and then transferred to, um, to, Liberty. To, li- to Liberty. I think he has a kind of a similar uh background to cam newton i think he's from the georgia area he didn't steal laptops did he no he okay. didn't do that um other than that he's like a mirror Why are you shaking your head a mirror to cam newton he had a, four, a similar background i was just wondering <laughs> i don't know anything else about his background um so he is also kind of undersized he is six foot 
Cam so, is yeah. not undersized. No, he's not. Uh, but he is weighs like two twenty, so he's like a big. He's sturdy, right? Uh, he's fast. He's got, and really, he's just got a cannon. Uh, you know, he's the one that's got the best arm talent out of all the quarterbacks there. But Pickett, whose stock is falling, he's got at, tiny little hands. Tiny little hands is fumbling the ball everywhere. Can't hold on to the snap. Double glove under throwing the ball. And, uh, of course, today a tweet comes out that says that the Panthers are enamored. <laughs> they love Panthers. what they see. <laughs> i tell you what, if you if he comes out and says he just can't get used to the pro ball, that's who you want to draft. Because guess who says that have last the best year? Record. Chase. Exactly. have the best record. I, I think another thing that's interesting about this is that, um, you know, is that they're so transparent about the interest in these quarterbacks, right? And I guess one other thing is that if if um, Matt Rule is such a, guy, a stickler for, like, measurements, you know, we, we talked about Brady Christensen and arm length ad nauseum, is, like, this hand size are going to be a problem, Malik Willis height problematic. Maybe the new Matt Rule doesn't focus on things like that as much. To Maybe me. he learned his lesson, and we're just going to get the little mini-me. Y'all don't know this, but he has a lot of New Year's resolutions. One of those was to hire experienced coaches, and to not get, pay as much attention to measurements. And you know yeah. this? I, I don't know. I, <laughs> it's like being positive. Y'all don't know about it. Y'all don't know this, I do. but I do. I saw it leaked out on the social media one day. Alright, so the latest CBS Sports Mock Draft has the Panthers getting my guy and not that he's your guy, but Washington getting Malik Willis. Ooh. Panthers getting Matt Corral, sixth overall. Imagine that. That's something the Panthers would do is just draft the guy that nobody thought should go first. I like him. Uh, but is that the Carolina? No, no he's Ole not. Miss. No, Ole, Ole Miss. Miss. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's you a like gamer. Him? He's a gamer. He can, okay. he can sling it. He can run it. He's this. He's the new quarterback. He's. Uh, I like to call him Josh Allen Light. Really? I think so. Wow. All right. Well, then I like him already. I don't know crap about any of this. So that's just my personal preference. All right. Uh, what do you think about the name Washington Commanders, Tony? I'm fine with it. I liked. I was one of the few people that liked the Washington football team as a name. I mm-hmm. thought that was cool. You just put the W on the helmet, call them Washington, that's it. Roll with it. Uh, but, uh, you know, like what are you supposed to – I think the the fan videos are kind of weird. What do you mean? Like, uh, did you see the one about the, the guy, guy that with made like the, the chant? Yeah, it's like it's like the guy with the three other people. Yeah, it's yeah. like Washington Commanders, and they go, and he goes, and they go, bop, 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 like with the uh, we are farmers. Yeah, bum, ba, dum, bum, 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 bum. yeah. Okay, I agree. That was stupid. Yeah, but I mean, this is the social media age where people post everything regardless of it's being smart or cool or not. But, no, I mean, I guess, what am I supposed to do? Get mad about their name? I think, if anything, the W's look funny. Yeah. Like, it looks like a woven W, and it's hard to tell if it's a W or two V's. Or How about the jerseys? They're kind of going different with the jerseys. Yeah. Uh, Cody Lashney, and my co-host, likes them a lot. I'm going to be honest. The one I haven't with been the in com- love with them. The one with the commanders... It's too big, right? It's too big, and then I don't like the double line, like the the lines underneath Commanders, and it's above Commanders. Yeah, I just why not just put Washington on all the jerseys? Yeah, like the white the white jerseys are the best to me because it's, well, and those don't have any gold in them, and they have funky like stuff on the numbers. I'll say this: I don't I don't like the jerseys as much when I see them just laid out, but when Chase Young was wearing the white one and McLaurin in the 
the burgundy and then i think it was uh jonathan allen in the black when the players are wearing them they look pretty cool well and you like all those players yeah but that didn't have anything to do with it i I mean just seeing them on a body they didn't look good on the skinny mannequins but when they were filled out i think on the field they'll look pretty cool and i don't mind as much them going away from history leaving a little bit is fine but i keep saying it we are so far away from the gibbs glory days that i don't mind kind of getting away from that instead of continuing to soil the great name that was once the washington redskins something news fine yeah and i mean it wouldn't hurt for a rebranding of your exactly. image period just when it comes to your ownership and all the mess the cloud of despair that's hung over for the last two years no doubt uh i'm looking at an article now from sporting news ranking the nfl's new head coaches they got number one kevin o'connell he's younger than us tony don't like him <laughs> 36 uh they went a completely different route we had an old defensive coordinator who's been around forever we need a young offensive coach so they went from mike zimmer to kevin o'connell bears go eberflus love eberflus. Them. 51 love them great age uh we'll see I about look that. up to that guy the bears did the same <laughs> thing they did before which is hire a coach named matt and a gm named ryan <laughs> same names we're just gonna troy said they were too cheap to uh pay for new letterheads and things like that <laughs> matt and ryan the out on the door they're just like uh matt and business ryan cards in. their business cards they just mark out one name so they went from matt to matt ryan to ryan you know who their quarterback should be Matt, Matt Ryan. Yes, they should. Brian Dayball goes to the Giants. I kind of like this. They bring in the Bills offensive coordinator. I be- It sounds like they're going to stick with Daniel Jones. Yeah, I mean, an uh, owner comes. I do like what that owner had come out and said, we've done everything to screw this kid up. Yeah. Not that he would have been good if we did everything right, but, I mean, we haven't done him any favors. Clown show. But now Brian Flores is going to get an interview, right? Oh yeah, he uh, he got he got the job. He got, oh wait, wrong Brian. Is this Brian Duvall? Did you see or that one uh, meme where it's like uh, Bill Belichick's contacts and he changed it to white Brian and black Brian? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was saying earlier, I he was like talking to his girlfriend, wife. I don't know if Belichick's married to that woman that he's always with, but he's like. I texted the wrong Brian. I, just, I texted I, the wrong bald Brian. I thought I, I was texting this bald Brian, and it was that bald Brian. It's on the Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> what a uh, what a flub. Oh, uh, Nathaniel Hackett in Denver. Denver trying to pull a fast one and just bring in Brett Favre. Uh, not Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> did, did you hear? Wow. Did you hear Elway's bringing back Favre? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, they brought in Aaron Rodgers' coordinator to try to get a package deal there, I think. And then how about Doug Peterson? How quickly, Tony, you can go from the man to trash. He got fired a couple years after winning the Super Bowl, sits out a season. Now he's back as the head coach with the Jaguars. Irony of this is that he was out uh, largely because of problems with the GM in Philadelphia and like just kind of hard to get along with is what I've heard. And then he's going to a place where <laughs> everybody hates the GM. <laughs> um, so let's bring in a guy who's got a track record for... That's a good point because the story was allegedly their former QB, Byron Leftwich wanted to bring in... Yeah, he said, I won't come unless you get rid of... Unless I come in with uh, my own GM, which is smart. Who was a, a former player 
with the relatively young guy, and I can't think of his name at the yeah. moment. Uh, One other thing about the Brian or the Trent Balky is that uh, the last game of the Jacksonville Jaguars season, they have, you know how they have those like interludes for the fans to answer questions like uh, A, B. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was like some 19 year old girl and she goes, D, fire Trent Balky. Yeah, I think it was like, (laughs) what do you want for Christmas or something? Or yeah, it was. Oh, it's so good. Uh, Josh McDaniels to the Raiders. This one's. He is 45. How about this? He has been around forever. He got a, a job at such a young age. He with, did. With I mean, Marcos. if you think about that, that was like a decade ago. It was over a decade. I think it was 09 and 10. He was there. It's crazy. So right? he would have been 32 at the time. Yeah. That's crazy. How about this is that he's uh, at the bottom of this list. Oh, yeah. By Isn't the way, these are rankings. Yeah. That's interesting to me because he has been such a hot name for so long. In fact, he was one of the names that we were talking a lot about when the Panthers were going to get in a coach. I mean, he he was a GA at Michigan State in 1999, and then he became a personnel assistant with the Patriots in 01. So he's been with the Patriots for quite a while. Since he actually he went eight. to the defensive side. He was a defensive assistant for the Patriots from 02 to 03, and then he became the quarterback's coach in He does whatever Belichick tells him to do. Yeah. And it's worked for him. I've, I find this strange that he's at the bottom of this list uh, because they arguably have like one of the better rosters out of these. You got a playoff team? You yeah. got, if you stick with Carr, a veteran quarterback. So Yeah. I mean, like, is that, that is, that's kind of bizarre. I wonder if it's just uh, he's too old at 45. His best days are behind him. <laughs> Uh, what do the Saints do? What do the Dolphins do? What do the Texans do? Hopefully they fi- they uh, hire Flores. Um, I don't think the Dolphins are going to do that. The Saints are in money hell, too, right? Yeah. Like they're going to be bad. Steven Igo just texted. Well, I thought it was Igo saying... What team was he talking about, poor David Cully? Was it the it Saints? was the Saints. No, it was yeah. the Jags, probably. No, it was the Saints. No, it was the Saints. 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 They don't have a quarterback. You're going to give them uh, Taysom Hill and $70 million over the cap. Bring in David Culley. This is what he does. He he takes run-down buildings and builds them. He might win the division, too. Uh, Six and 11 wins it. You get (laughs) six wins. We Uh, just need one more win, Tony. Five wins in the past two years each. We're heading the right direction. We just need one more win. Tony, have you thought about... Bruce Arians calling up Rodgers and bringing him in for a Super Bowl run. Um, oh, no, I haven't thought about that. You are now. How do you feel? <laughs> I, I, what, do you, what do you think they do at quarterback? They drafted Kyle Trask, I believe, and they had – who was the other one, Chandler? Was it Gabbert, you said? Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. I still think that the move for any of these top quarterbacks should be the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, that's like my top destination right now. Is that the Bucks? Are oh, we too... talked about that. Titans and Niners were like really good fits for a good quarterback. Yeah, game. but I don't think Aaron Rodgers will go to the Niners because they passed on him in the draft, and he still got. You saying he holds a grudge? Yeah, think so. <laughs> think so. Um, so I still think the Titans are the best destination in the NFL. Um, and I want to bring this up. I have not thought about this much, but um, Chandler, what do you think about Carr to Carolina? All right, we went over this the other day. Chandler likes Jimmy G more than Carr. What? Why? That, he's my football guy. Because he's been there. Where's he been? That is such a... Oh, been where? God. He went to a Super Bowl, Tony. Oh. I don't know. I, I, don't get me wrong, though. I don't hate Derek Carr. 
I would love to have Clearly him. you do if you think Jimmy G's better. <laughs> I mean, good God. I mean... I mean, he's only like... A, wasn't it last year uh, that he was in the MVP race? Or was it this year? At the beginning? Yeah, I don't I don't. I can't remember. No, this year, I believe. Yeah. Like, they started out real well, like, yeah. or at least he did. Yeah. yeah. What about, I mean, what about your thoughts on Derek Carr to Carolina? Well, you know, I still have, like, kind of shell shock from his brother, David Carr. He uh, also who invented shell the glove. Yeah, he really did have shell shock. And he is the guy that made me start, you know, everybody says it's Teddy Bridgewater and the gloves that make you scared. Uh, and that's the first red flag with Kenny Pickett, by the way. Um, but it was David Carr, right? I always get him confused. Whatever, the old D- Carr. Yeah, David. Yeah, David. That, uh, so, like, I have kind of i never thought highly of the car fan like as as quarterbacks in the nfl and i feel bad for that because like he just he only got sacked 76 times or something in one season when he was with the texans the poor guy set the record at one point i don't know if it still holds yeah i'm trying to look that up but i actually think that that there it is tony most sacks in a season 76 well, oh, well done how do you wow. the hell do you know that stat <laughs> you That's nailed a great that. question. That is a great question, uh, especially when I can't get anything I know, right. But you knew the exact number, and it was him. Two thousand two. Yeah. Um, so is I think that that's where my 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 trepidation is um, from. But I think he's actually kind of like a Matt. If they like Matt Stafford, he's kind of of that mold. You know, sling it. Yeah, and veteran, uh, you know, can win now maybe. Yeah. Um, and that's what they were trying to do uh, last scenery. year. Yeah. Stafford is not a middling quarterback, but what he's doing this year will help out those kind of somewhat middling quarterbacks that have never won to say, hey, if you do get Carr and bring him in, he could do something like Stafford did. Which is, you know, as Stafford was on the verge of, of like um, – not doing that you know they kind of had a poor run at the end and he's oh, yeah. turning the ball over like crazy yep. which i learned at sports trivia um so it's just if if he wouldn't have got it together in the playoffs we could have been talking junk about him uh, and how did cooper cup get so good uh, like how steroids yeah probably. i believe him <laughs> in that i actually can believe nah he's amazing uh david carr sacked the most times in 2002 randall cunningham second on the list in 1986 guess who's third tony david carr david carr this poor guy uh poor david carr that i mean and and that's it that's 76 and 68 and now he just pees his pants whenever he sees large men (laughs) let's take a time out we'll come back when we return uh we'll wrap it up with tony dunn carolina cat chronicles.com more to go after this Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 53,000 followers today. Now, let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, with coaching searches and Free agency trades. You always love stuff like this. 
Titans fan Chad has a rumor. Aaron Rodgers rumored to be looking at property in Tennessee, and people are losing their minds. What does he know? Why do these rumors get started? Maybe he wants to live closer to Dollywood. It's started by jealous people. And y'all remember that song? Charlie, what are you singing? I may, maybe remember that song, is... Rumors? Old 80s song by... The only one I know. Orange... Rumor Ju- has it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's Adele. Wait, so... No, it's by Orange Juice Jones. Orange, Orange Juice Jones? I've never heard of that. So have, you ever, have you ever heard of the song... Um, oh, God. I think it's called In the Rain. I can't remember the exact title, but the chorus goes, I saw you and him walking in the rain. <laughs> I guess I just missed out you on this You were era. holding hands and I will never be the same. Oh, uh, you I need to look like it up. It. I like when you, you sing do. it. I don't know about OJ. I just, I just like I can't that sing. name already. I, orange Juice. Who was it? It's Orange. It, well, it's Orange Jones, but... In parentheses, it's juice. Orange parentheses juice Jones. My yes, thoughts on my thoughts on Aaron Rodgers looking at property in Tennessee is this: uh, you know, maybe it's another you know thing on his bucket list that he wants to do. He he's hosted Jeopardy or um, get it out Jeopardy. Now he wants to be in the Grand Ole, Grand Ole Opry. Oh no! I forgot about this. Uh, hold, on, hold on, before you get there, because mm-hmm. that's going to take us down a road uh quick question what if it's in east tennessee what what team is closest to east tennessee in the nfl the carolina panthers there you go i know my geography and he can throw that football over the mountains (laughs) (laughs) all right by the way rumors was sung by timex social club (laughs) not orange juice (laughs) but orange juice did sing the song walking in the rain thank you for that clarification and i, I need, saw I, them know, holding hands oh you should hear it because it's basically this <laughs> the song is about this guy who finds out his girlfriend's been cheating on him i got that and he catches her <laughs> in the rain holding hands yes yeah and then there's With this no whole thing umbrella. yeah and then there's this whole speech at the end where he takes everything away from her and you know including the umbrella yeah <laughs> but it's it's a great song umbrella. and her hand if you get a chance during the break pull it up listen right. to it you'll like it tony we've got bad news bad news we've got some jail listings yeah uh captain mutterland accused of assaulting and strangling a woman kicking her mm. i believe oh, uh, what's interesting no. about this is i could not believe this is that um also, don't like Captain Munnerlin anymore because he's only 30 what? How is that even possible? He's only 31 years old? Yeah, or 33. Where is he? So, uh, well, it's there. he's old NFL there's age. No he's way young he's the same human way age. As, there's no way he's the same age as Cam Newton. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, he is 33 years old, born oh. in 1988. Huh. That's crazy. To me, it feels so much older. So and he like- looks old, too. I was going to say the hairline and everything. Yeah, he looks old. You you liked him, right? I did, yeah. Did I he like go to him. Minnesota and get torched or something? What was his story? Well, he did go inside. So he came up with us as, I think, a seventh-round draft pick. Played pretty well. Late a 2000s. Lot of, yeah, good uh, nickel corner, right? Uh, and a uh, lot of turnovers. Created a lot of interceptions. Then signed a sizable deal with the Minnesota Vikings. And like every free agent acquisition, when you bring them in and you pay them a little bit more than they deserve on a team that's probably not the best at the moment. Actually, they did have a good defense at that time. So, you know, I think he played out his contract and then he came back to Carolina. Uh, and you you see him, you remember him from the 
all or nothing video where he's giving the talking to to uh, Dante Jackson. Dante Jackson. Yeah. And Dante Jackson's like, well, why don't you stop strangling people? Ooh. That's a tough one to come back from. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, so there's that. Tony. Uh, he obviously saw her walking in the rain. Oh, holding hands. Uh, there's a th- uh, callback for you, Stop disrespecting Charlie. me, bro. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll never see Brian Flores coach another team in the nfl will oh i don't think so yeah i mean if we if we've learned anything from colin kaepernick and all of those guys is that uh, it's going to be tough to come back after suing the nfl but the saints said they were going to go and interview him anyway really um yeah uh what'd you think about the story you know i think the the um, you know the elway elway's come out and defended himself saying look i've been uh flying back and forth doing all these interviews and a lot stuff. of the stuff he's saying is going to be tough to prove like the smoking gun, I guess, is the Belichick text. If you yeah. believe all that, and I think that um, I think it's going to be difficult to prove racism in the part, but um, the but you you could call into the authenticity of the hiring practices in the NFL. That's Absolutely. really what, you yeah. know is that is the with the leak. If anything, too, is that you would just think that they're better at protocols for like why has Bill Belichick got this knowledge? of the Giants just because he was the coach 20 years or 30 years ago, whatever it was under Parcells. Um, And then a lot of people, I'm actually kind of irritated that people are so upset that um, the owner of the Dolphins paid or offered to pay Flores to lose. That is huge news though, if that's true. It is, but it's also like uh, we also know that uh, racism and systemic racism and hiring practice is really real. But let's oh, yeah. let's get yeah. rid of this owner <laughs> because he well, uh, paid yeah. to tax. I hear you. It's but, a multi-part story, and um, and I guess it is a big story because of the gambling aspect. Yeah, right. And he did buy stock in some sort of gambling company in 2019. So there's that. Is like is he benefiting from this? <laughs> so he bought stock and was gambling on the Dolphins to lose and trying to pay his coach. He was putting 200,000 on games yeah. to lose, giving his coach 100,000. And he uh lost money because Flores was going out there and winning. <laughs> they were too competitive. Yeah. Uh, it is a, a fascinating story that is going to drag on. Next week, we can focus back on football. Uh, Rams and Bengals, Tony. Fun Super Bowl, right? Oh, man. It's a, I got my new favorite player outside of the Panthers, and that's Joe Burrow. You know, we've always talked about this. Or who are guys that you've rooted for heavily um, in, another, in another jersey? Yeah. And it does help when they're in a different conference. Right. And yeah, and you don't see you see them once every four years. They're yeah, not a threat. Yeah, exactly. So you got to go AFC usually. But for me, it used to be Marshall Falk and Randy Moss, and then now I'm adding Joe Burrow to the list. This guy is a stone cold killer, man, and yeah. he's just so cool. I love Joe Burrow because, like, you know, real people. Well, first I just say this: real recognize real Joe. <laughs> I, I, Are you okay? Yeah. You're real. and uh, cool people don't try to be cool. That's and true. He don't try. He just is. Uh, I brought this up earlier this week. This is not great for the... I've seen Washington fans and Carolina fans say this. The whole, let's build a culture. Let's be patient. Give me three, five years. Uh, I've seen a lot of impatient Washington and Carolina fans say the Bengals did this in year two of Joe Burrow. Their coach has been around one three. Or two, no, three years. 
uh what are we doing uh, let's stop with the patient talk let's go out there and win i don't buy that either though because uh, this is unique this is well and it took 30 years like we, we're forgetting the 27 years before that point. they didn't do anything yeah you know and uh, so yes it is nice to see that uh you can have a team uh find success so quickly uh so that does give you some hope the one thing that's kind of crazy is that like i do think it's unique i think just joe burrow is that kind of that awesome because he's getting sacked like crazy. He had nine. He got sacked nine times against the Titans. Yeah, and he won. Like I mean, that's not supposed to happen. Sorry, I've been avoiding the chat. Uh, Mike P loves to get in these dumb jokes that that make me laugh. Uh, we were talking about Cam Newton and Malik Williams stealing laptops, more like Mathief Williams. Okay, that is that is terrible. <laughs> it's Malik Williams. That is true, too. So, Mike, you've missed on that one. Uh, Mike also said, come on, guys. It's Matt Rule, not Matt Ruler. He doesn't care about measurements. Oh. Ah. What you talking about, Willis? Uh, Robert says, I saw you walking in the rain. Alley cat coat. That sound familiar, Shirley? All right, Robert's on. And Steve says Aaron Rodgers is joining the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> all right there you go we're caught up on the oh uh susan also says hashtag fire my rule my pet peeve for rule is that his tongue hangs out when he coaches on the sideline <laughs> this is what i'm talking about everything he does is looked at as something uh, bad my favorite point. one of my favorite followers on twitter is this guy named at salesman his panthers fan and he, oh, uh, i follow him too he says he looks like puxatani pete <laughs> There. Isn't that the Phil? The Phil, Puxatani yeah. Phil. Oh, that was on brand for me. <laughs> uh, uh, but he does. <laughs> Matt Rule looks like a what, groundhog. Yeah, That's a something. groundhog. Bro, you look like a groundhog. Hey, why your coach is like a groundhog? Bro, you look like a groundhog. <laughs> you ain't got no room to talk. Your quarterback like George Blanda, and your coach is like a groundhog. Why'd you see your shadow, bro? <laughs> he got scared. Let's uh, winter. He's got we got seven more years of winter. Seven more years of losing. <laughs> Tony, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Might see you tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. We got to watch along. Two we'll o'clock. Be here. Right. I'll let you have some of my wings. Ooh. I'll let you order your own meal. <laughs> we'll take a timeout, come back. Hour three, free beer Friday. Morgan Aylers joins us when we return after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tiebreakers is open every day from 11, oh, excuse me, at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All righty. Chandler, what are you uh, ordering from Tiebreakers tomorrow during our watch along? I'm going to let you take one wild guess. Uh, wings. Some, you're getting wings. What uh-uh. flavor? I'm going to probably do medium. I have learned that the hot is very, very hot. Okay. I usually get hot anywhere I go, but for some reason, Tiebreakers has extremely hot wings so i'll go with the medium 
might get some fried pickles as well all right there you go uh the expert order from chandler honeycutt in for saturday's watch along we'll be here saturday two o'clock inside the pirate radio studios as east carolina takes on tulane check us out on facebook and youtube we'll have a good time we'll have some giveaways pirate radio swag tiebreakers gift cards and uh, a whole lot of fun so check us out all right let's head out to the pirate radio live line joining us the voice of dowdy ficklin stadium and Menchie's coliseum and the host of the huddle right here on pirate radio he is morgan aylers morgan how you doing today sir clip i'm doing great and by the way just on what you're talking about tiebreakers so let me get this straight chandler gets hot everywhere he goes mm-hmm. that's what he said yep a lot of ego there that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> uh but he can't handle the heat apparently at tiebreakers uh morgan what's your go-to i know i've asked you in the past what's your go-to order at tiebreakers uh i go there so much uh obviously work there on tuesday nights a little bit and uh i don't know i like everything i like the wings I like the boneless wings i like when i forget wings though gotta get them crispy mm-hmm. uh, i like, like them crispy like a mild and then i take a little bit of uh honey citrus pepper and put that on there the mm. uh, insider tip there i like that good call yeah all right morgan i love talking about good news um but sometimes there is bad news uh, we'll discuss it briefly cj johnson today suspended indefinitely from the football program and and mike houston said he's uh just not living up to the standard uh of what it takes to be an east carolina football player he does have an opportunity to make it back and and try to get back into good graces rejoin the team but as of right now suspended indefinitely you've known cj johnson a long time you know the talent you've even talked in the past about how uh sometimes he needs to to work a little harder uh than he has and maybe it's it's come too easy to him and this uh, hopefully is a wake-up call morgan but uh what'd you think about that news when you saw it today yeah i heard about it uh and I feel bad for the young man but at the same time and you know, at this point, you you know, football is a big business, and it's a team game, and I think people need to, uh, you know, players out there, sometimes it comes very easy to people. And I think, like, CJ, he's always been a man among boys when he was in high school. He could basically on the field do anything he wanted to. Came here as a freshman, had a, a monstrous freshman year, just, uh, you know, freshman All-American, and sometimes – you know, things can get in your head a little bit that, you know, I don't know. I, I love CJ. He's a great, great kid as far you know, I've never had any bad interactions with him. He's always been very polite to me. Yes, sir. No, sir. And I'm really hoping this is the wake up calling he's because he does have next level talent if he can put it all together. And I think this is uh, one of those situations that, you know, Coach Houston is basically drawing a line in the sand and says, you've got to do this, 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 this. And this, 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 and this, 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 right. to rejoin the team. And I think if CJ's willing to do that, I think on the, in a, in a, and if he can come out on the other side of that, he might be that CJ we saw three years ago, you know, as a freshman. And that's the kind of guy that, that you say, man, he does have next level talent, you know, and it's, it's, it's in his court, I guess, right now. And we'll see what happens. Hopefully, uh, you know, all the politicians wishes him the best and hope he hopefully he can get it scored away. Yeah, Morgan and, and I'll echo what you said. You've known him longer and have had more interactions with him, I'm sure, than I have, but just him joining us on Mondays, I mean, 
like you said very respectful very polite and uh i enjoyed my interactions with him so personally i'm pulling for him but uh but hope he can uh get back on the team because now there's his personal news now for ecu news with tyler sneed uh entering the draft audio matosho likely not returning if cj's out you've already got question marks even if cj's in but if he's out man you got a ton of question marks at the receiver position the good news is the tight end room is looking good uh we, we got that shirt up it looks like but uh it's going to be interesting to follow spring ball morgan to see who holt nailers and these quarterbacks are throwing it to because uh, we're going to see some new faces at the receiver position next year regardless of if cj returns or not yeah, and I think this is uh, going to open the doors for a lot of people. You know, they might be saying, well, I might just sort of not coast, but not maybe not give it all I got because I'm not going to – CJ's going to get the bulk of the reps. Well, now, right now, as of right now, he's not on the – you know, he's been dismissed from the team or, you know, suspended. And these guys get a chance to step up and play every day with the first team. You know, the way it works – uh, generally, first teamers get most of the reps. Second teamers get a little bit, and third and fourth, you're just out there running routes and you know doing drills. And occasionally, you get in the game running scout team. Well, these guys are going to get a chance to run with the first team. And you know, if I'm those guys, I'm I'm excited. Hey, it's my chance. If I can get out there and produce, you know, even if CJ does come back, maybe I can keep him off the field. You know, they've got a lot of ability. I think there's some really good talent there. Just maybe hasn't been showcased as much. And, they're going to get a chance to showcase it here for spring ball. Indeed. Morgan Ayler is joining us, voice of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and Menji's Coliseum. And, man, Morgan, the Pirates just uh, can't get a break in hoops. It has been a, a tough road for East Carolina. A lot of losses here. Joe Dooley really frustrated after the game the other night, saying that his team got what they deserved, just didn't come out with the same effort and energy as Temple got behind, cut it to two, never got any closer and uh, just waiting for that next elusive basketball win that the Pirates haven't been able to get since Brandon Suggs went down with an injury. They'll try tomorrow when they take on Tulane, a team that they have beaten, but a team that has been very good in conference play uh, this year, Morgan. Yeah, you know, watching that game the other night, I, I, I enjoy watching your tweets during games. And, uh, you know, it'll pop up on my phone during a break. I might take a look at it. Those refs were awful. Yes, they were. Okay. I'm the PA announcer. I'm, I'm the official person with the university. But, yeah, that was in – there was some bad calls in that game the other night. And there was a couple stretches in there that uh, one play that we had scored, uh, we go down, they go down, and they the ball goes over the backboard. Mm-hmm. It catches it out of bounds, throws it back in, and then they score. And they, you know, how do you miss that? Also, Tristan Newton got drilled on that play. I thought that's what Dooley was mad at because I couldn't see from my angle that it went over the backboard. I didn't know that all that stuff had happened on that play. Yeah, it was, and and they scored, and then basically it comes down as a, uh, it was like a four or six point swing in the game. Yeah, right when it got very close to you know in in the second half and. Not blaming that. Not blaming the officials. No, no. It did, it did make a difference in the game the other night. I thought, I thought Temple is a very, very athletic team, very fast. Uh, Damian Dunn is is as good as advertised. I tell you what, when they need a bucket, they give it to Dunn and kind of get out of the way, and and he either gets it or goes to the line. Basketball player. Now, will he be back at Temple next year? I don't know. I think he might move on. Yeah. I think he might be one of these guys that. 
you know, might be a journeyman player, but thinks he can play at a, at a higher level. I think he can. But, um, you know, Temple's, you know, they, they played well the other night. You know, they they pulled away. I think it was tied 32-32 or 42-42 or something or two-point game. And, uh, you know, we just, again, we just can't hit those shots. And maybe it's that, that lull that we go through and then we start playing better toward the, you know, the last part of the, you know, two or three weeks of the season before the tournament. East Carolina's done that in the past, and I'm hoping Coach Dewey and the squad can get them together on that and get Brandon back. And I think that'll make a big big uh, difference in the game, too, when he gets back in there, especially defensively. Yeah. Because he's such a stopper defensively, and uh, people don't realize that, that when East Carolina over the last two years have, have gone against teams and wanted, you know, you need a guy, you need to shut him down, or, you know, because he's so long. And he's very, very quick. He's deceptively quick and can play great defense. That's where Brandon really excels. And, you know, I'm hoping he can get back here in the next week or so. Yeah, and at least you'll hopefully have him back for the AAC tournament when it all really matters and try to go on a run there. Morgan, uh, Carolina Duke coming up this weekend. I guess it's because I don't hang out in a lot of, in as many Carolina and Duke circles as I once did in a past life. But haven't heard a ton about it. It is actually an important game because. North Carolina's been playing better of late. Duke's at the top of the conference and the only ranked team, but North Carolina can uh, can join them or pass them at the top there if they're able to win. Also, you got the factor that it's Coach K's final game uh, in Chapel Hill. So, I, I don't know. Are you hearing as much buzz about this? Maybe I'm just uh, missing it somewhere. Well, I'm. I don't hang in those circles either. Yeah, as much as I used to in past lives, but uh, I didn't even know it was his last trip to. Uh, Carolina until I saw it on ESPN yesterday advertised. Yeah. And I thought it would, they did a great job with the montage of all the players and, you know, the games that they've had there. And, you know, the records between those two teams, I think it's tied up, wins and losses under under Coach Kruzuzewski and uh, uh, Carolina. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a big matchup. I imagine the excitement will be there. And I imagine after the game, uh, the, he'll go out there, he'll get, you know, little – Carolina blue shirt that says Krzyzewski on the back and and go from there. And Everybody will play nice for a day? You're right. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll play nice for a day after the game. I think or I, th- I think somebody's going to get busted open during the game. That's my prediction. <laughs> I call them for uh, yeah. juicing during the game. All right, there you go. Morgan, uh, how about next Friday? Now, if you have this plan for the huddle next week or you have other ideas, uh, that's fine. I was thinking because on your old show – the extra point before the Super Bowl, we'd always do the props. Well, uh, you want to do those next week here on our segment on Pirate Radio Live? Uh, yes, we can. Okay, good. Or we could do them on the huddle too. I'm saying, yeah, it's up to you. However, you want to handle it. You can be my guest on on the on the huddle next week. How about that? Uh, all right, deal. Then we can talk about it on the uh, on the uh, live at five Clip Brock show. Clip Brock Shirley, you know Chandler. I'm always hot when I go anywhere show okay you said all that stuff and none of that is what the show is called this is pirate radio live you like that you like that don't you i did oh yeah i did <laughs> morgan uh and we'll get your super bowl pick next week as well what you got coming up on the huddle tonight at six uh tonight we're gonna be talking with ron maloney they put the beat down on rose this week didn't they uh they did they played uh rose on tuesday night and uh came out with men's and women's both winning i believe and uh, four games left in the regular season and the playoffs start. We're talking with him uh, a little bit about the, the season that's going on. Also talk with him about the North Carolina High School Athletic Association 
and some of the things they've had going on with the state assembly and a lot of controversy over the last year or so about that. Yeah. Hopefully that's dying down and some of the different classifications in high schools and how that might be changing. So, yeah, it should be a good show tonight at 6 o'clock with Rob Maloney. Yeah, I hope he's okay and not crying into his terrible towel about Big Ben retiring. So Yeah, you know, that it is what it is. <laughs> but uh, before you let me go here, and I, I, I know I'm sure you've talked about it ad nauseum, but the Washington Commanders. Huh, when you say it, it's kind of cool, Morgan. The Washington Commanders. <laughs> See, if you put some NFL Films music behind it and a nice voice like that, it won't be so bad. I'm okay with it. Whatever. I, it's with been the mascot with the picture with the football with the the owner Schneider. Was that really? No, that's not real. No, it's a Photoshop. Relax. Oh, I, I don't care. I just I was god awful. <laughs> There are a million memes. I knew this would happen. Everybody's going to make fun of it. That's fine. I think. No, I'm not making the, the thing I'm making fun of. And my initial thought was, okay, that's Dan Snyder. And yeah, that could be his mascot. <laughs> Knowing Dan Snyder, anything is possible. So, yeah, okay. I understand. Okay. Well, as long as we're good with that, that's really not going to be the, the, the command, Washington commander. If they're in the playoffs next year, I'll be Captain Commander and biggest commanders fan there is clip rock captain commander (laughs) thank you morgan thank you guys have a great (laughs) see you buddy uh morgan taylor's coming up six o'clock on the huddle all right shirley rhodes let's open up the pirate radio booty 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 everywhere booty 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 everywhere Free Beer Friday is brought to you by Bud Light. Every day, especially game day, is better with an ice cold Bud Light. Pick up some Bud Light today at your favorite retailer. Bud Light, proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989, the official beer of the ECU Pirates. Today, we got a 12er of Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda. It's a variety pack, including citrus, classic cola, orange soda, and cherry cola. You can get that and a large two-topping pizza at Domino's. You want to go call her 12, Shirley? Call her 12, 317-1250. We're back with more Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back and congratulations to back-to-back Free Beer Friday winner, Susan Deans, who picked up our uh, free beer Friday. Of course, you get a uh, she walks away with a 12-pack of Bud Light Salsa Hard Soda Variety Pack and a large two-topping pizza at Domino's. Prepare your taste buds for a flavor-filled adventure by picking up a new Bud Light Salsa Hard Soda Pack at your favorite retailer today. Bud Light, proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989 and the official beer of the ECU Pirates. Now, let's head back into the shoe. Here's Clip. All right, Susan, a uh, big Friday listener because she is a Panthers fan. We have Tony Dunn on and her hashtag Fire Matt Roll. Hashtag Fire Matt Roll, the 
number one Matt Rule hater in the world, Susan <laughs> Deans. And see what that gets you, folks. A win on Pirate Radio Live. If you hate hard enough, if you have enough hate in your heart, you can be a big winner right here on the show. If you can be a hater like Susan Deans, you can be a winner. Yeah. These will taste like ice cold haterade. <laughs> haterade. This Bud Light Seltzer hard soda variety pack. Look, I've never, never tried it. The uh, I would like to try the cherry cola, though, because I love cherry Coke, Pepsi, everything. Cheer wine. Love a cheer wine. Love a good cheer wine? Love a cheer wine. I'm not a fan of the cherry Get flavor. Get out of it. Get. Okay, never mind. Just the cherry flavor. Man, I, we were I don't about like to anything. lay into you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like anything that's cherry flavored. I'm, I'm not a big fan. What's, do you like a drink with a fruit flavor when you're feeling fruity? <laughs> How about this? So, Shirley, my, I come from uh, a family of farmers. We'll uh-huh. Across the street at the, uh, across the road where the barns used to be, tobacco barns. This was uh, way back. We had a drink machine. And you know, the, like the, for whatever reason, those old drink machines had like the coldest drink. Yes, oh, and I, yeah. My grandfather had one, and we'd uh, go over there sometimes uh, at night. And in, when I was a kid, and we'd get a new grape or yeah. a sun kissed. Yes, and man, those were good. Yes, and I haven't now, had if one I in had years. A, I like both, but if I had a choice between a new grape and a sun kissed, I would go with the sun kissed. Yeah, I, I hadn't had one of those in forever. I have not had one in a very long time. Good stuff. So those are some fruit sodas I was thinking about. Or an orange crush. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever had one of those. I've seen those. I don't know if I've had one of those. I've had they, Is that like a sun kiss, basically? It, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of to me it's not as carbonated uh-huh. as sun kissed is. It's a little bit for lack of a better term, flatter. Uh-huh. I don't I don't know if that's the right word you want to use. But less fizzy. Less fizzy. There you go. because um, my grandfather had the old school um drink machine where it has the door and everything came in bottles glass bottles and you open the door and you pull the bottle out oh now orange crush out of one of those machines is heaven now we're talking absolute heaven get you some pot of meat (laughs) and an ice cold (laughs) orange crush no what you do is well it was a pet it was a pepsi machine but my my grandfather had other drinks in there but what you would do is you take a, a a bottle of pepsi and you get a little thing of peanuts, dry roasted peanuts, uh, and yeah. put it in there. Yeah, yeah, my my family did that. Put them in. Yeah, I used to do that as a kid too. So. There you go. All right. So no potted meat with with my ice cold orange crush. Chandler, you a fruity drink guy? Um, no. What What are you drinking today? A Sprite Zero? No, no. A lemon lime. Yes. Oh, you're talking about the bang? Yeah. What flavor was it? A birthday cake mix. <laughs> What, in what? The world? Birthday cake? I thought I, I was going to call they... you out for having a fruit drink, but no, apparently not. It was birthday cake mix. Yeah, it's an interesting flavor. What are you, my daughter? It tastes just like a birthday cake. I, the stop shop over here, our neighbors here in Uptown Greenville, that's the only bang they had. And uh, bang. I, I wanted to I'll bang. I go over to UBE and get. I, I, I wanted to bang. All right, and... Mike Green. <laughs> I w- bang! I, I went over to UBE and got a um, uh, one of those. Um, double shot energy drinks and it was hazelnut flavored is that so, in the drink machine yeah it's in the uh, drink machine I, I, I don't ever get those things and you they're know, pretty I tasty just, <laughs> they're just they got a lot of sh- they're really really sweet they've got a lot of sugar in them i'm sh- really not supposed to be drinking them but I, i'm slightly addicted to them i did say that i wasn't a fruity drink drinker you did just say that 
Um, but I do like the bang, the peach mango. <laughs> so I'm walking back on that take. I, uh, I actually do like a good fruity. But I thought you meant like the sodas because I don't. I really don't drink sodas anymore, like a actual soda. Um, as opposed to a not soda? see. I don't. That's like a. It's like a diet. It's a zero sugar. But, but like, it I says, used to be, it literally says zero sugar, lemon lime soda. So anyway, uh, so walk that one back too. Walk that one back too. Hold on, let me walk, walk that it out. Quick. Walk it out. But like, I don't drink like. Regular. Are you a compulsive liar? I, I, I'm lying to everybody right here on live radio. You don't like to wear hats, do you? And it, the funny thing is, is that I lie, and then as soon as I say the lie, I admit that I was lying. I'm like, you know what? I actually do like that. But I, growing Man, up, my your mom must have had a field day with you as a kid. But the thing is, is that my grandparents used to always have the orange crush, and I used to like that. Now I really don't. I don't like that anymore. I just hadn't seen or had one in so long. I, I like in terms of flavors. I like a stra- strawberry watermelon. Anything that's strawberry or watermelon flavored, I'll, I'll you know, peach flavored, depending on what it is. Mm, I want a know. watermelon Jolly Rancher right now. Oh, oh now boy. those are. Good. I love a good mango. I love anything mango. All right, mango man. I'm a mango guy. All right, let's head out. All I can think of is that Saturday Night Live I know. Sketch. We were talking about it earlier this week. <laughs> I know. As soon as he said mango, I'm like, all I can think of is him eating that apple and spitting it in somebody's face. Oh, I get the reference now. Um, yeah, the Saturday Night Live sketch. Oh, no, no. I, the, the Redbeard oh. said to Chandler do this when he got the drink. He's doing the... The Diamond Dallas Page bang. Uh, uh, so that was, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, thanks, I'm with Redbeard. You. All right, let's head out to the Pirate Radio Live Line. We will uh, talk some golf and more with Greeny, Mark Greenhill, Golf Shop Radio Show. He joins us today on Pirate Radio Live. Hello, Greeny. How you doing? I'm doing good, Cliff. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, when I contacted you earlier today to, to set up this interview, you responded back. HV3 first place and. I got to admit, Greeny, I, I was not a good HV3 fan today because I didn't have an idea what you were talking about. So I looked up uh, the PGA Tour leaderboard and saw there was a program going on and then saw the European Tour. And finally, I find out that uh, you are speaking of the Saudi International where um, Harold Varner III is tied at the top of the leaderboard. So I, I need a lot of background on this one, Greeny. Uh, what is the Saudi International? Does this impact anything with the PGA Tour standings? Uh, give us the, the details on this one. Yeah, well, this is the tournament that uh, like 30 or something uh, PGA Tour players had to get a release from the PGA Tour to go play in. And... Um, they had to. They'll have to jump through some flaming hoops uh, in the next couple of years and play in the AT and T Pebble Beach, which they all shunned this week, uh, or another event or something along those lines. So there's some things that they'll have to do to go play in this thing. But the good news is they're all getting huge appearance fees to go over there and play. And HB uh, three at the top of the leaderboard. So you know his one professional win was in Australia. He's had a second place in Australia. He's had a one second place in the U.S., so why not go win on the Asian Tour, right? So he is uh, one of the best golfers in the world uh, away from the United States. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> we can clarify it that way. Uh, but that's great. Uh, 64 yesterday, 66 today, tied at the top of the leaderboard. And so, Greeny, there are, and yeah, I'm looking at it now, there are uh, some big names uh, in this tournament over there. 
Yeah, except for Bryson DeChambeau uh, apparently took his money and ran because he played uh, one round and then uh, had two injuries and went hmm. through. So, um, but yeah, this is this is part of what you're going to start to see, and there's been a lot of talk about this. I mean, Bryson's had to uh, say that he didn't get offered 135 million. Ian Poulter said that he's been offered 30 million to go play in this new Saudi uh, tour. Dustin Johnson has hinted that he got a lot more than $30 million to go play. Wow. Westwood has said that he has a non-disclosure agreement signed with this league. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes and a lot of money being tossed around at these PGA Tour players. Interesting. So what does the what's the PGA stance on this thing? How, how do they look at guys going over there and playing? Well, I mean, they, they had to give a, a waiver to these guys to go play in this event, which is not part of that tour, but it is a Saudi Arabia event and probably a, a, a good precursor to what may be to come down the road. Mm. Um, I think it's really going to come down to what do the major championships do? I mean, the PGA Tour can obviously control who plays in their week-to-week events. They also own the Players' Championship. Um, the PGA of America owns the PGA Championship and the Ryder Cup. Uh, the the USGA owns the US Open. Um, oh, sorry, the PGA also owns the President's Cup. Obviously, the uh, RNA owns the European Tour and the British Open. And then you've got the Masters, who's an entity of their own. For me, it's really going to come down to what do all of those organizations do about the major championships? I mean, European Tour can say, hey, if you sign with the Saudi Tour, you can't play in the European Tour. Uh, PGA Tour can say the same thing, but the majors, for the most part, are all different organizations, um, and, and they can, you know, if they come together and say, hey, if you go join this Saudi Tour, you're not in the U.S. Open or the Masters or whatever, then that may decide what these guys want to do. If those major championships still allow these guys to play, then we might have a problem. Mark Greenhelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us. You can hear it coming up Saturday, 8 to 10 a.m. on Pirate Radio. Greeny, I'm looking at the list of 2022 celebrities at the uh, the AT&T playing in the Pro-Am, and uh, you see some some old names. Bill Murray, uh, of course, seems to always show up. But uh, interesting list of names here with Josh Allen, Mookie Betts. Uh, you got Darius Rucker, Alex Smith, Steve Young. So, I don't know. Are any of these AMs uh, worth watching out there, Greeny? Who's, who's the best amateur celebrity they bring in to these things? Yeah, there were several that had single-digit handicaps. Uh, so, you know, that's that's what you look at is that there are guys that have some game. I mean, the Josh Allen, I think, was an eight or nine handicap. There's some guys that are down around uh, scratch. Uh, I mean, Hector Fitzgerald is uh, currently in third place in the Pro-Am side of it. So, there's there's a few amateurs that have some game. I mean, they they're when you watch the uh, the tournament out in Salt Lake City, Utah, the the big celebrity tournament, you see those guys make a lot of birdies, albeit on a fairly easy course at elevation. But you know, I've always said, man, if you can go out and shoot sixty five, it doesn't matter what team markers you played from, you've accomplished something. So uh, you know, there, again, there's some guys that have some game. Unfortunately, in this tournament, there's too many people that don't have game that we get to watch on TV. It makes it a hard event to watch for me. Mark Greenhill's joining us. Greeny, uh, so you got that going on this weekend, the Pro Bowl, which I don't think anybody will watch. And then, of course, Super Bowl Sunday coming up next Sunday. How about the matchup, Bengals-Rams? Kind of a unique matchup for a Super Bowl. Uh, I'm kind of excited about it to see these teams in there. How about you? Yeah, it's uh, obviously we're going to get a new champion, so that's a good thing. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see with the Rams really set up to be a, a, a big defensive team and then take advantage of that with their offense, can 
they put enough pressure on Joe Burrow. We've already seen Joe Burrow in the playoffs get pressured, get sacked, but still have the ability to, uh, to, to score some points. So that's going to be the key is that, you know, can the Rams defense put enough pressure on Joe Burrow to make the mistakes? If they don't do that, Joe Burrow is going to pick them apart like he's done so far. So um, I think that's what you look for. I mean, uh, you, you know, you go back a few years when the Rams and the Patriots played uh, and the Rams were supposed to light up the scoreboard and they scored three points. So you kind of don't know what you're going to get. And, and the, the, the worry is for me that, you know, you've had such a great playoff season. Watch the Super Bowl go ahead and be a dud and be like, you know, a nine to <laughs> right. ball game, right? Yeah, uh, you're not the first person to bring that up. Could be on the docket. Uh, Greeny, have you ever uh, sent out a text to the wrong person like your favorite football coach Bill Belichick did to cause a, a firestorm? All the time. <laughs> you, know, you think you're texting somebody and it somehow goes to the other yeah. message that you just sent 10 minutes ago? Oh, constantly. It's ridiculous. Also, there's too many Brian's in the world. I got like eight in my phone. So that, uh, that's a, it's a easy – we can really relate to Belichick here. Well, yeah, and you, you got to think that Belichick's probably the, no, the not the most savvy technology <laughs> person. I mean, when he's got the dog sitting there making the picks for him uh, a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. The, oh, yeah, that's right. At the uh, at the draft, uh, the dog on the Zoom. Uh, Mark Greenheld's joining us today. Greeny, uh, what else are you talking about in the sports world coming up on the Golf Shop Radio Show uh, coming up on Saturday? Yeah, well, we uh, we had uh, some people down at the PGA Merchandise Show, so we kind of brought back some things from that. Uh, one of the interesting ones we're going to talk to is uh, Bob Winkovich with uh, Square Square Golf Shoes. And um, th- these are a golf shoe that uh, Nick Faldo started wearing a few years ago, and, and if you've seen the commercials on TV. And the big story is that, uh, that Nick Faldo wasn't contacted by this company to rep their product. He actually found this company and wanted a, uh, wanted to try out the shoes for a stability standpoint. So uh, we'll get a ta- chance to talk to the, uh, the the founder of the company, um, and we're also going to talk to a couple other people from down there. And uh, one's got a kind of a a, a sticks golf. They got some new golf clubs that uh, that kind of a I call it a value. You know, it's like you can go out and spend you know a million dollars for PXG golf clubs, but the average golfer isn't going to get the huge benefit out of that. I mean, we the average golfer is going to benefit from kind of staying in that value niche for me because, uh, you know, your swing speed is not 129 million miles an hour like a Bryson <laughs> Bow. So a new piece of equipment is not going to give you 20 more yards. It's going to give you a yard and a half if you're lucky. There you go. Mark Greenhill is joining us today. You can hear him coming up Saturday, 8 to 10 a.m. right here on Pirate Radio and the Golf Shop Radio Show. Greeny, enjoy uh, the golf this weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. All right, we're pulling for Harold Varner the third, baby. Let's go. HV3, top of the leaderboard, tied, going into Saturday. How about a dub for Harold coming up this weekend across the way across the pond? That would be long awaited and long deserved. Yeah, hopefully uh, he can get that. So we'll be uh, locked into that over the weekend. Stay tuned to our social media. We'll uh, have you updated on hv3 let's take a time out come back we'll have more for you on this friday edition of pirate radio live back with you after this
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market report. The Dow closed out the week down 21 points at 35,089. The NASDAQ, however, was up 219 points at 14,098. And the S&P finished out the week up 23, uh, 23 points at an even 4,500. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, let's see what's going on tonight and this weekend on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Chandler, do the Hurricanes play tonight? I don't know. It's a bit of a trick question. They don't because it's All-Star Weekend. All-Star break? Yeah, and uh, I was unaware of that, as were you and probably oh, wow. many people. I, I, yeah, well, first, uh, I was very shocked that you asked me about the Hurricanes because <laughs> I, I, don't. I don't pay any attention to No, that. you don't. Uh, so the All-Star game is Saturday. Uh, and they have a weird format for this thing. NBA uh, All-Stars coming up. And how about We'll our- talk about that in a moment. I'm so sorry. Hurricanes return to the ice against Toronto coming up on Monday night. Tonight in NBA action, the Hornets, Hornets! Pl- play the Cavaliers going into the season. You probably would not have thought that a February 4th meeting between the Hornets and Cavs would be a big game, but it is. You got two good teams facing off. The Cavs are 31 and 21 this season. 10 games over 500? Hornets, are you kidding me? 28 and 24. And Chandler, the Hornets, some of their players are going to have a little extra motivation tonight when they take on the Cavs. Why is that? It's what you were about to say a moment ago. Oh, yeah. Well, NBA, <laughs> NBA All Star coming up. And how about our guy, LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges being snubbed? From, snubbed. Snubbed from the all-star lineup so no bridges and no ball for the so no hornets all-stars this year um i saw where the hornets were the only team like in the playoff contention window to not have an all-star yep disrespectful don't disrespect me bro don't Don't, do don't don't do do that that. yeah don't disrespect me bro stop disrespecting me bro like don't do that yeah that stinks but uh yes like you said maybe that's the motivation for the bugs they're trying to come uh, try to get a win after a tough loss on the road in Boston on Wednesday. So uh, against a very good Cavs team, who would have thought? So a lot of got, got a lot of young talent on that team. So so do the Hornets. Hornets are big, are like six point favorites. Does that either mean Cavs have people out, or is Gordon Hayward coming back? Maybe uh, I know Gordon Hayward was questionable. He did pass the safety protocols, so he's back from the COVID that he had. Uh, no Jalen McDaniels, I think I saw. Um, so maybe some Gordon Hayward action tonight in the Hive. All right, no top twenty-five action tonight in college basketball. The Bonnies are about to tip off in ten minutes against Richmond, and uh, Richmond actually a favorite in that game. Bonnies struggling twelve and six, four and three in the A ten. So they need a win coming up tonight in Big East action. Creighton is at Seton Hall, and uh, Brett Kennedy's Colorado State Rams now sixteen and three. They've had two losses since we talked to Brett. 
couple weeks ago. They play San Diego State. That should be a pretty good one tonight. Nine o'clock on FS1. Great slate of games for Saturday. We'll be here with you two o'clock right here in the Pirate Radio Studios. Check us out on Facebook Live and YouTube. Uh, it's a watch along. Pirates taking on Tulane. Uh, just pull up Facebook, YouTube, watch the game with us, chime in, hang out. We've got tiebreakers gift cards we're going to be giving away. Pirate Radio shirts will be given away. So uh, we're going to have a lot of fun coming up Saturday. So check us out at 2. Also going on Saturday, UConn Villanova gets everything going at noon on Fox. At 2 o'clock, you got like a great game in every window, uh, it looks like. 2 o'clock, we'll take over uh, with our watch along. 4 o'clock, Baylor at Kansas. That's a great game. 6 o'clock, USC Arizona and Carolina Duke. State! Sorry. State is not here is not on my list here i i have uh that was just a tick sorry eight o'clock kentucky at alabama 10 o'clock ucla at arizona state and gonzaga at byu gary let's see uh when state plays this weekend state lost another one on uh wednesday night falling to syracuse, syracuse. state will be at home against notre dame coming up on saturday at three o'clock state your Miami Hurricanes will be in Charlottesville to face Virginia 5 o'clock. Coming off a loss to Notre Dame, who will be visiting State! <laughs> Very true. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, so hopefully Hurricanes can get back on track. Trying to get that double bye, baby. Get that DB. Get that DB. All right, so there's a look at what's going on on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard this weekend, presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. We'll take our final time out, come back, and wrap it up. For a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live, back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Oh, that was interesting. Welcome back. Did you miss the show on Pirate Radio? Listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Cliff. All righty, Charlie Rhodes wrapping it up here on a Friday. Don't forget, Saturday, 2 o'clock, ECU Basketball Watch Along. Pirates and Tulane will have a good old time here coming up Saturday as uh, we'll try to pull the Pirates through to a victory. It has not happened in a long time, and unfortunately, it does not happen for the ECU women as they lost again last night. Yeah, the losses are piling up. Uh, they are piling up, and they have been struggling. I don't know exactly what struggling. it is. I mean, they'll. It, it's it's kind of like what ECU uh, the men have done. It's just they they get off to a hot start, and then they'll have you know five six minutes uh, where they can't just throw it in the ocean at the you know for lack of a better term and uh you know so they they hit that that proverbial wall and uh but uh there is a little bit of good news congratulations to tania thompson who scored her 1000th point the other night uh last night as a matter of fact because they played last night so uh congratulations to her but uh yeah still looking for uh you know 
uh, so semblance of stringing some wins together and uh, hopefully uh, have uh, everybody healthy and ready to go for a conference run. All right. That all starts this weekend. And for Dooley's Pirates, 2 o'clock Saturday when they take on Tulane. It starts tomorrow, baby, 2 o'clock. All right. Thanks for tuning in this week and today. We'll see you back here Monday at 3 for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. Got the high school huddle coming up, or the huddle, I should say, coming up uh, Friday at 6 o'clock with Morgan Aylers. For Shirley Rhodes, Chan Man, I am Cliff Brock. See you Monday at 3 on Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.